Welcome to Dual Win Games Episode 10. Today on Table Talk, we discuss Cult of the New. We review Call to Adventure and Dominant Species, and we go over our top 10 party filler games. We are your hosts, Aaron Schmidt, Brian Gast, Tim Stearns, and welcome back to Aaron Schmidt. Well, thanks. It was a little weird without you. What are you going to do? Michael did his best. <laughs> but he was, we kept referring to him as the poor man's. Yeah, he fell way short. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's It wasn't to... a high bar that we set for him, and he, <laughs> nope. he managed not to hit it. <laughs> That's going to be one of your low bars. Yeah. But anyways, today we're talking about Cult of the New. So what does that mean to you, Tim? Cult of the New? It is... Basically, new games that come out if you're one of those junkies that needs to get it right away. Needs your fix. Yeah. Do you consider yourself someone that follows the cult of the new? Yeah, to an extent. I'm not bananas about it or anything like that, but uh, you know, a lot of people have that like fear of missing out when there's Kickstarters or things like that. I don't really have that. Maybe yeah. I have for like a game or two here or there, but I don't really feel the need to get everything, every add-on, all this junk. It, it depends on the game, for sure. Uh, yeah, it does, but to me, honestly, like, some of those games, like, some of these cool mini are not Kickstarters, I've gotten a couple, and I don't even want that stuff, because <laughs> I, oh, I open the box, and I got this other box with all the add-on stuff, and it's... It's just too much? Yeah, you get 7,000 different things, you got some more rules to... It's just like, I just want the base game. Yeah. And some Kickstarters come where it's just everything's all jumbled in the box. You don't know what's add-on stuff, what's the base, what's this or that, and you just, you're getting like a headache. Yeah, that would be good. It's, it's overwhelming. What, it's just too much. What do they call that, though? There's a completionist is when you yeah, need editing for a game. I that's the word. That's, maybe. That's the word for it. Maybe it is. <laughs> no. It, it is. It's the word, Tim. I was thinking of something else, but... That's probably it. Yeah, you're wrong. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so is that is that a different topic though? Having to be a completionist, or I suppose it goes I mean, hand it, in hand. It goes with this. Yeah. Right, but completionism is like every expansion and every upgrade for every expansion. Yeah. The right. Upgraded coin, the the everything. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Cult of the New is just this new game comes out. I don't know anything about it, and I'm going to be like backed without looking. Yep. Yeah. Or I, I'm going to pre-order it, or I know I'm going to pick it up. I don't know anything about it. Right. Yeah. Based off a of hype, you know. Only time I'll do that is if it's a heavy Alexander Fister game. <laughs> but I, even those, I still, I still look into it. Like he's got yeah. that new one releasing later this year. I'm going to wait until I see some information about it, and I'll still make a decision. Yeah. Uh, likely, I'm going to get it. But I, I almost don't still. see that as being cult of the new, though. I mean. You know, you buy a new games, sure, but if you don't specifically buy, like, every game and believe in all the hype, you know, you're just a huge Fister fan, so you're going to yeah. obviously go for that, you yep. know. So I, I don't see it... it. Cult of the New is more of the hot game, or board right. game geek hotness, cult of, like, the hot game everyone's talking about, it. and you got to get it because you want to be part of that in-crowd, Yeah, you know, like, oh, I got it too, type of thing. And it's not always a bad thing. We're not saying it's... No, I'm not, know, it depends I'm not on how much money you got to spend on games for your budget, you know. Some right. people if have you, more, some have less. You right. could afford it. Yeah, do what you want, you yeah. know. Some people are, like, collectors, though, too, where they just, they're, like, collecting games. Right. But, so, for instance, I was going to bring up Wingspan. 
people are going nuts for it. And there was like an auction on eBay. Oh. Yeah. Did. did you see that? Yeah, I did. I don't know I what did. the price went for, but I... It's just... Just over a thousand. How... Yeah, that's... Unbelievable. And it's getting reprinted in like... I think Stegmaier said he's airshipping a bunch of copies just so this doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, just to get it to people sooner. So to me, that is like someone that's way over the top. Yeah, that's... To where you have to have this game right now, you're going to... You can't wait like a month, couple months. Yeah. Like, just have have some... Pay- There's plenty of games out there. There's right. plenty of great games you can yeah. pick up and buy. Especially for $1,000. On a, <laughs> yeah, uh, some people got more money than they know what to do with. I don't know what the MSRP is on the game. I'm just gonna guess sixty bucks or something. Yeah. But like, <laughs> isn't that insane. isn't that sick? That's inflation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I wouldn't completely. Think of the guy who sold that game. <laughs> oh my! He's just. <laughs> so, you know, I can't say that you know, I never buy new games because of course I do. Well, yeah. But. You know, I I do try to wait till you know reviews come out about the games, and I can read about them more, mm-hmm. and watch a video on them, and then kind of make a decision. You know, mm-hmm. so you know there are some Kickstarters that I've backed, so you know they don't always have a ton of videos out behind them either. Mm-hmm. But I like to think I'm not backing just about everything I see. So right, mm-hmm. yeah. Lately, I mean. So the On Mars one, I'm still up in the air. I mean, by the time this episode releases, the Kickstarter will be over by like a week. So I'm watching the rules video, and I might watch a little bit of a playthrough just to get like a feel of, hey, do I want this or not? I'm leaning towards yes, but I'm going to watch the rules just to get a feel of how the game will play and this and that. Right. So it's a lot of my Kickstarter backings. I think I backed two last year. It's gone down like every year. And a lot of it, half the time, too, it's second editions of a game or they already released the game and then the next time it comes to Kickstarter, it's because an expansion came out, so now the base game is on Kickstarter. Two, I've been doing that more just because it's a known entity now. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Instead of... It's proven. Yeah. There's a reason it's coming back. Yep. I know more about it because a lot of reviews are out. Yeah. Yeah. More information for me to pull from and make my decision. Would you say the longer you've been in this hobby, the less you are into the cult of the new, so to speak? Yeah. Because you get more, you get a little pickier the bigger your collection is? Yeah, it also fluctuates too. There's depends on your mood or if you just got some money burning a hole in your pocket right. or something. <laughs> a little tax return. and but But yeah, I would say that's true, you know can afford to be more picky because I'm like, well, I got all these other games I really want to get to the table anyways, so yeah. I can be more selective. Yeah, that's what I found as my collection grew is I know a lot more what I'm looking for, and yeah, that helps deter the cult of the new thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the cult of the new I fall into the most, which isn't always cult of the new, but like the board game geek hotness, I'm always on there checking out because that's good too. Where you'll see, oh, this game's getting an expansion, or yeah. a second edition of something's coming out, or just just things like that. Like, a game's getting reprinted that's been out of print for a few years, you know, it's coming back, that type of thing. 
So. Yeah, I always look into those. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm always going to buy it. Yeah, or but whatever. I'm. I don't have that desire to have the newest, greatest thing. Yeah, I got a flip phone. Oh, that guy for who sake. that guy who got Wingspan for over a thousand bucks. He had to have it. He had to have the new. <laughs> Man, imagine if he like hates the game. I hope he at least. I hope he at least played it. Right. So, how do you guys feel about being a completionist for a game, or the like, the fear of missing out? Like when they say, "Oh, this is the only, this might be the only time it's ever available," is right now on Kickstarter, or just the fear of someone else getting this game, it's going to be great, and you don't have it. I mean, doesn't that stuff doesn't really bother me? But a lot of people, it does, because yeah. obviously. So, I would say, the the first one, the being a completionist, it. To a certain extent, you know, I'll buy expansions and stuff like that. But if it starts getting overwhelming, so for instance, like Legendary, there's, I was keeping up with it for a little while, but then there were so many. Yeah. Even for, you know, for uh, Marvel Legendary, I, there's just no way I can keep up. And there's no way I want to. Yeah, because Because there's so many. You have so much variability or options anyways. Right. That you never, you could spend your whole life playing just that game. Yeah. If you really wanted to. So, and then... To the other question about missing out, I don't really think about that too much because I think if it's a good game, it'll be reprinted, it'll, it'll be made available in some capacity. So, you know, oh, so for instance, uh, you know, like Carnival Zombie, I could have went out and spent 200 bucks on Amazon to buy the game five months ago, but I'm not going to do that. So I waited, and you know, eventually it came back in a print. So we'll see how that turns out. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, if it's a game that I really like, I'll often, as far as completion goes, if I see like they sell the promo packs, you know, these things that were released as exclusives or what have you, I'm always like, oh man, that'd be cool to have. Never buy them. Haven't bought a single one of those. So it's like, yeah, the it's cool, but I don't have that desire enough to spend the ten dollars on the pack of ten eight cards. No. Yeah. Only if it's like the five dollar promo pack, if it's something that like you really, really think it's cool or but Right. A lot of it's just like a neuroses with the completionist stuff. Yeah, I've never really looked too deep into promos. I've gotten some I've like got supporting couple, the but... dice tower or you know, something sure. like that. But I didn't go out saying, okay, I need this promo. No. I'm going to go out and buy it. Usually they're just imbalanced. Yeah. And I don't even want them, anyways. Or they got typically. Yeah. Well, one that I would have gotten was like the Architects of the West Kingdom has a promo pack with the extra apprentices. But really, it's like six cards that you deal into a 40 card deck. So you might not ever even see them hardly ever. Exactly. So what's the difference? Right. What about you, Ryan? How would, you, how would you answer those questions? You started off by saying, I don't care about any of them. Yeah. It's the, <laughs> well, I mean, the, the completionist and then the uh, fear of missing out. The fear of missing out. I mean, I don't really have a fear of missing out or have to be a completionist for something. I mean, if it's a game I love, like it's Great Western Trail, I bought the expansion right away. I knew I'd like it. Yeah. There's some promos, but I didn't feel any need to get them. You know, 
Um, there's some promo stuff for War of the Ring. That's my favorite game. I don't even have them. Yeah. The only thing I got for that, I got Treebeard, which is like a character, and then he, it's a different card you put into the deck. I can't remember if you do that. I think it's just a character piece or whatever, but I think okay. that's... I think that's one of the only promos I ever got on the Geek Store. And then as far as fear of missing out, well, it's, along with the completionist thing, people get all amped up when there's a Kickstarter with Kickstarter exclusive stuff. As long as it's not really gameplay relative, that's not exclusive, I don't think it matters. Yeah. You know, if it's an expansion that's only available through Kickstarter on that time, then that's kind of crappy because people don't know about it or they're getting the hobby like two years later and it's not available. But right. if it's just beefing up components or adding these little promos that really aren't that balanced with the game or affect the gameplay, right? who cares? You know, let those people have their little stuff because they backed it. Yeah. You know, before it was a known product but- or a lot of people do care because people will go out and actually try to find if you love that game that's fine you, you right. can go do that it's just and then again back to when people get you... riled up and mad about it like <laughs> because there's kickstarter exclusive stuff like they get they get pissed yeah like i'm not backing anything by them and then other people will say well i'm not backing anything from them because they have exclusive stuff it's just a cash grab yeah. <laughs> and then other yeah it's just I think people just are going to get pissed no matter what. Like, yeah. Just take it easy. There's a lot of other stuff to get upset about. Right. I oh, mean, absolutely. <laughs> than worrying about people always, some board game on a Kickstarter. You're, you're not going to please everyone. Yeah. People always need something to complain about. That's just like the human condition. Yeah, yeah I know. And that that's part of the Typically. fear of missing out thing is they feel they have to buy every add-on for that Kickstarter because, well, I don't want to miss out on anything. Right. They, they somewhat go hand-in-hand. Hand. Oh, so, for instance, that um, that giant Cthulhu figure yeah. in Death May Die, yeah. because people were going ballistic about it, and then people were also getting pissed about it because they had, like, it was the first 50 people could get this for, like, an extra 100 bucks or 200 bucks, whatever it was. And then every, once they sold out of that 50, they released, like, another 50, but it was, like, a little bit higher like $20 more or whatever it was. So they kept upping the price until I don't know if it ended up capping it or or not. But uh, a lot of people were kind of up in arms about it. But then it it played on people's need to be a completionist because they're like, "Well, it it has gameplay on it. We got to get it," you know. So it was like, I think all you do is you put like figures on like the yeah. thing or so. It doesn't really have. It could have just been a board. Basically, if they're going to ship the base game, it's not going to have that in there. Right. Obviously. Right. So, yeah, if you're on the Kickstarter and you want to get it, that's fine, but you don't need to get all upset. Right. You know, it's... Whatever they ship with the base game, most of the time is... You're good to go. Yeah. Just play that, enjoy it. But if you like it, seek out other stuff, you know, if it's a game you really like. Right. It's a good game. It's a good game. You don't need the exclusives. Unless you're planning on selling this stuff off like Wingspan for a thousand bucks, then <laughs> good know, you're, call. You're making an investment on. I tell you what, though, he had to make money. Whoever sold that game has just a hell of an investment. Oh, that guy's laughing. He bought yeah, he bought about two hundred games. <laughs> That's all I got. 
So if that wraps up our table talk, it is now time for our review of Call to Adventure. Call to Adventure was designed by Christopher and Johnny O'Neill and published by Brotherwise Games in 2019. Plays one to four players in 30 to 60 minutes. In Call to Adventure, players will be embarking on a harrowing journey to create their fantasy hero. The hero at the end of the game with the highest destiny will be known as the greatest in the land of this incredible unnamed fantasy world. During the game, players will shake and cast rune tokens to resolve challenges. They may decide to go on an epic journey before this life-changing challenge takes place to help sway the odds of a favorable challenge in their favor. Or if your heroic identity meets the proper requirements, you may gain a new and exciting trait. The game will end when one player has gained three cards under their destiny card. Each other player takes one final turn. Then players add up their destiny points and the player with the most is the winner. For a finishing touch, all players are asked to conclude the game by telling their epic story and describe how your hero's story cards fit together. What do you think about the component quality in this game? It's good. It's obviously a Kickstarter game, so you expect the quality to be better yeah i think it lives up to that though and then some. yeah the yep. it works really nice you know because yep. you backed it at the um so you got like the the better card sleeves right with the yeah design on the back um what else did you get in that <clears throat> the like, big player mat the big play mat oh the okay yep. it's usually just a board or is there nothing typically nothing, nothing? Okay. yeah you just lay it on the table otherwise okay and it's a really nice mat that you know, good yeah. quality with the stitching around the edges, yep. and it looks really nice. Were the runes that come in there, and then those little those gems? Were those experience tokens? Yeah, is that with that normal? That, yeah. Okay, that comes yeah, those, with it. Those are really nice for like a base game. Yeah. So I, I think even without the the mat, the card sleeves, you know, the cards are good tarot sized cards. They're a little thin, but yeah, they're. Okay. You can't tell in the sleeves. But you yeah. don't you don't like you're not holding the cards. Right. Constantly. Yeah. And you're yeah. not shuffling them, you're just kind of sliding them exactly underneath. So, you know, that's good. The art's really nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the box cover itself that, you know, that's going to help draw people into. Yeah. Yeah, I, the art style for fantasy, this is like what I like for fantasy art. I, way more than like the cartoony it's like like a realism painting yeah yeah type style and that looks awesome component quality is fine it's it's nothing that's absolutely stellar but mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just card ball. games yeah it's just a card game yeah really so was it all one artist or how many i don't know how i can't remember how many artists but there were a handful okay yeah and they all kind of followed that direction, and yeah, yeah. it feels cohesive. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It's not just pieced together. Yeah, yeah, you don't got cheap stuff. It's not, terif- stuff it's not then... terraforming Mars. Yeah, that was what I was thinking. Right with the pictures. Yeah. yeah. How strong is the theme then for this? Well, before we go on, I think you need to answer because this is your game. Yeah, I did. This was your Kickstarter. I mean, it's been hyped up. We're going on. This is episode ten. Yeah, if you've been it's li- been hyped almost every episode. Yeah, if you list, have been listening to the show, there's it's talked about pretty frequently. Yeah, <laughs> by and, myself and us, we've been well, yeah. we've been helping you hype it. Oh yeah, right. You really brought that hype train <laughs> into the station. So I don't care what Ryan and I have to say about it so much I as do. I care about. Well, we'll get to. <laughs> I us. care what I think, but I I'm really interested to hear what 
Aaron has to say before we... Yeah. Aaron, what do you think about the theme? So the components, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Realistically, you're building a character with all these various cards where you're getting... So you're basically starting out from before they're a hero? Is that right? the theme and kind of seeing what path they follow? Yeah. So do you feel that you start as... So, for instance, one of the games I started as a farmer. Mm Mm-hmm. And I worked my way through. Do you feel that theme? No. Okay. I just see some cards with some nice art on them, and they have they. I could see how some people might say they could build a story out of it. Yeah. But I don't. Maybe I'm not imaginative enough. But I mean, you could you could make a story out of anything if you re- you know what I mean. Really? Like yeah. If you really want, yeah. it's not. It's right. it's a it's. What they need to do in any game is make you not have to sit there and think and use this imagination. You need to just feel like you're somewhat in right. whatever theme it is. I just feel like I'm getting cards by casting a different amount of ruins based on what I've got already. Kind of like the tableau building, you know, you're building your... Yeah. Okay. It, it doesn't really feel very theme to me. Yeah, so I don't, I'm kind of with you there. I didn't feel, you know, like I said, I started as a farmer and I think I went to like a conqueror or something like that. I did not, I didn't really feel that. Yeah, I have no idea what I started out as or ended as. Yeah. I I was just grab whatever card. That gave you the most points. Gave me the most points and it was the easiest for me to get. Yep. Mm -hmm. At the end of the game, you're supposed to tell your story. Mm -hmm. I know we didn't do it in one of the games we played, but another you and I, Aaron, we we told our story. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that brought the theme out anymore? No, but it might have made me enjoy it a little more because I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the yeah, the game we played. We didn't do that. That was one that I was in. I was thinking that probably would have been my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just because you can make up some crazy, right? You know, it's like creating a little D and D story where you yeah. just. But yeah, for me. Uh, it's double-sided tape, but they accidentally put them where it wasn't sticky on either side <laughs> of the theme. So they pl- they slapped it up there, and it just keeps falling right down. And then, like, they keep hitting each other, and, like kind of like Three Stooges. You know, they hit the guy in the head with a hammer, and he looks at the tape and then slaps it up there, and it just falls right back down again. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'd say it was that bad. But it wasn't... If you would have went through the rule book, though, because they try to make it just make you think it's... Filled with, brimming with theme and, like, all this stuff. Okay. And it's... That, that's probably fair. Because I, I didn't go through the rule book. I didn't read it. I didn't write the our overview. So I, I, I don't... You know, I, I didn't see that. But I, I guess I would say it's kind of there only because the art helps bring it out. And... There's a story on the cards. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah there's a story that can be told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they really make you work for it, basically. They really make you have to imagine it yourself. They're not helping you at all like yeah. during that, I would say. Right. It's but, kind of the problem. I but know. the actual gameplay of it, I did not feel that theme in the gameplay at all. No, when you're playing the game? No. No. Right. So, Aaron, speaking of gameplay, how do you feel about that? Surprisingly underwhelming. Was a game... <laughs> I guess I didn't know what to expect. You know, it's a simple card game with some a little bit of set collection, and you are rolling, casting these two-sided runes 
you know, they're basically dice, and you yeah. collect story cards and traits for your character to get up. Essentially, you're getting better dice, you know, and you're rolling higher. And yeah. Then people can mess with you with, like, anti-hero cards, or you can mess with people with hero cards and etc. Just alter die rune castings. <laughs> die rolls, will say for simplification. Two-sided two dice. Two-sided yeah, dice. Um... And various things will happen, but yeah, I, I guess my consensus on the gameplay is underwhelming. Now, what's the main reason for this underwhelming feeling? Because it's just a dice and card game. Well, I mean, it's just that random. Can be, that can be good, though. There's yeah. good dice and card games. Why did this one fall? What's a good dice and card game? Well, like a good dice game would be... Roll for the Galaxy. There's, there's uh, Tiny Epic Galaxies. That one's good. I mean, I don't have a list of right. all. King of Tokyo. Well, yeah, but I guess I was just expecting something okay. else, something better. Like what? Did you did you expect something more because we helped hype it up and then it just kind of took off from there, or? Well, it could have been. It was your first Kickstarter, so right? You're pumped about oh, yeah. That. yeah. It was the first game that I backed on Kickstarter. They got with, the Rafa's expansion with coming. That, with my favorite author yeah. as the as an expansion to come out, which I still look forward to to just look at the art. Now, do you know the expansion? Does that actually change anything in the game? Or is it the same basic gameplay? It adds cards. Okay, I don't know if it like changed stuff and maybe it make it better for you possibly or i don't think that it really added anything that changes it and you know when we've played the game we played with the adversaries and it suggests in the rule book to not add those in right away but i don't really? see why they Instead say of not except yeah they wow. say to exclude those because they might it might be a little too tough. too much <laughs> really you know well, that uh, at least gave you a couple options yeah. instead of just like oh i can just like just right. take this card exactly they added a few more options, which I don't see why. When I read the rule book, I'm like, why would you not put these in? It yeah, seems so simple. Right. Yeah. But I, some people are into much simpler games. I think part of it in this game is the presentation of it, because the, the cover looks really cool. You know, you got yeah. this split cover where it looks, oh, am I going to the light side or the dark side? You know, what path am I going down? And then the presentation of the game, too, it's got really nice art, really nice components. It's for such a little and light game, it's got, like, a pretty good table yeah. space. Yeah. yeah, it's very footprint, grandiose. You know? So you you think you're going to get more out of it, I think, than what you end up do right. get out of it yeah. type of thing. So we're almost as to its own detriment. We're expecting more than what you get, possibly. Because yeah. mm-hmm. for me... You know, I, I like a lot of kind of the lighter card or dice games, but what killed it for me was that it didn't give you any options when you yep. play this game. Very little. You have, when you're in your first, well, it doesn't matter what row you're going after, but so when we played it, we had four cards, is that right? In the first act, yeah. Yeah, so the first act, we had four cards in front of us. So on my turn, basically I'm going to pick one of the four that's going to help me the best. Sometimes I'd have an option where it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. No matter what I was going to pick, maybe I didn't roll the right runes or whatever, 
So I wasn't really going for story cards. I was just going for cards that were going to benefit my character later. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll score more points at the end of the game because I get this one with a sword. Mm-hmm. And then I throw the runes on the table and see, I failed. Now it goes to the next player. It wasn't, it was never exciting. Right. Yeah, there wasn't any tough decisions. No. Like, oh, man, which do I, I can't even believe that it was suggested not to play with the adversaries. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm surprised yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I do feel that it was very underwhelming in that fact. Mm-hmm. It just, it's so disappointing. <laughs> I remember I was the one that suggested this game to you because I saw it on Kickstarter. I saw the Rothfuss expansion. Mm-hmm. So I remember getting you hyped up and you looked into it right away and you backed it almost right away. And I didn't look into it too much at the time. When it started getting closer to delivering, I kind of looked into it and I saw it's kind of a lighter storytelling game. And I kind of got a little worried at that point because I wasn't really sure. Mm -hmm. And going into it, my hopes weren't that high. I don't know. It was just kind of a weird thing because it was hyped. A lot of people that did kickstart it and got it and they liked it and they were a lot of people were posting about it and getting amped up about it. And we played it and it was just there it wasn't much there. It was well, just kind of it was like, well, there it was. Yeah, and then they did it. We we started packing the game up, but we didn't even tell our story because it was almost such a letdown. We just didn't we were kind of checked out by the end of the game. Yeah. And I made a point of it the next time we played to tell our story. And still, that was just kind of... I think that was one of their key selling points, it seems like, too, is telling the story at the end. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you're not immersed into the theme while you're playing it, it's hard to even... Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can look at the names of the cards and the art and make up some story. Right. But I think a game, a dice and card game that's better than that, is role-player. Yes. I think you can do the same kind of thing. Yeah. Art's not as nice and this and that, but I mean, you can formulate a story based on the same thing at the end like that, where you're looking at what your alliance is and like what kind of character you are and yeah. you know the equipment that you have or your traits and stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you stole my thunder there, because I was going to say, you know, if you want to play a game about crafting your backstory or crafting a hero, just play role-player. Mm-hmm. With the expansion. I, I would even I mean, say it without can, it. Yeah, get, if you want that later game, yeah. get it without the expansion. Yeah. Because you're going to get more more game in the box. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the target audience for this would be a lightweight gamer looking for something very easy lear- to learn and play Yeah. with very little tactical or strategic gameplay, mm-hmm. which yeah. that's not really a selling the, point. The only you know tactical thing that I remember seeing is those uh, either light or dark cards. Hero and anti-hero yep. cards. Yep. You can play those so I can... Cast my runes, Ryan plays an anti-hero card on me, I fail it, and we move on. Or I think I lost one of my rune tokens and I had to re-roll it. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and another thing I found was that when you failed one of your adventures or one of your cards, it was hard to come back from. Mm. Because, say if I'm playing Aaron... And he doesn't fail a mission the entire time. And I fail two or three. You're going to score that many more points than me because you have two or three more cards than I do. Right. Because once you get 
your ninth card, is it? Yeah. It's basically going to trigger the end of the game, and it's, you know. Yep, You everyone else has one more shot to get one more card. Right. So, as far as tactics or gameplay, that's as far as it goes for me, though. Yeah, there's no overarching strategy. You're just grabbing... Yeah. Yeah. I mean... It feels like a eulogy right now. Like just... like we were saying with the, the target audience, like a game where you can be creative imagining the story of your character in your mind. I mean, all that stuff, I would just say get base game role player. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's light as well, but you got more decisions to make, and manipulating those dice is a lot of fun in that game. Yep. That's... I mean, I really, yeah, I really don't... I don't have much to say. I'm just. How do you guys feel about the replayability on this game? It's the same game each time. I I don't want to (laughs) replay it. Yeah. That was the most shocking part. It was hard. Yeah, we wanted to play it more before the the review here. We'd ask you to bring it. Oh, I forgot it. Well, I did actually I, forget it. Well, I remember the one time I was like, "Well, let's let's play it again, two player, before we head over here." And you're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and then we just sat and talked for like an hour. We could have played like two games. <laughs> well, I had more fun talking. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you is: You know, you backed it, you kickstarted it. Are you going to keep this game? Well, I have the expansion on the way. <laughs> well, when you get the expansion, are you going to play it anymore? Or not? You could pawn this off and get some money because there's a lot of people out there that like this. <laughs> yeah. I could probably... I'm, I keep seeing stuff about people liking this game. I mean, I don't get it at all. Yeah. But there's people that do. You know, some well, guy paid a thousand bucks for a wingspan. For wingspan. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, it's... You got the golden ticket. I bought... I'm not. I'm not trying to push you into selling it or no, getting no, rid of no. it. But I was just curious if you if you planned on keeping this game yet. Or I'll not. probably keep the expansion <laughs> <laughs> and like frame the artwork. Do you plan on when you get the expansion? Do you plan on playing it at all, or are you just gonna look at the artwork and just kind of move along? Yeah, I'll probably play it. Okay. Do you feel like you got suckered into the cult of the new back in this? Yeah, Tim was all like, Aaron, check this game out. You have to get it because I'm going to love it. And <laughs> that, that, those were not my words. I know I suggested it. I did not say you have to get That's it. That's something you Maybe could work on as better suggestions going back on our gaming etiquette. No, because I, I, I suggested it. It's his responsibility to look into it. I think that I got stuck right. in on the cult of the Rothfuss. Yeah, you definitely fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. I, think any, I think anything that would have Rothfuss' name on it, you'd be jumping on it. Just a great author. Yeah, I don't I, I don't really know, though. Hmm. We'll wait and see. I'll play the game with the expansion and uh, see what it really has to offer. So this game is on your 10x10. Ten ten. Are you going to play it 10 times? No. <laughs> <laughs> Does Taryn like it or no? We only play it the one time, and she's like, well, what'd you think? I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't even ask what she thought. She's just like, I'm sorry, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's all right. It happens. Oh, jeez. A call to adventure and how I backed it at, like, the highest pledge level because I wanted the input. Call to adventure. 
don't really know how long Call to Adventure is supposed to be. <laughs> so I think that I really like this game. I'd like it even more if I got to play it. And it's called to adventure. Uh, called to adventure, and well, I don't or you might to... get a new game that you want to play a bunch. Yeah, or I don't like, know, like called to adventure gonna... or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And it's called to adventure. I'm also really excited. I backed um, called to adventure by Brotherwise Games with the Name of the Wind expansion, which is going to come out later. But they just announced not too long ago that it's production's done, they're ready to ship, and so I'm really looking forward to that, it's a cool... Call to Adventure. Uh, well, of course I was super hyped about the Rothless world. Yeah, I let uh, Ryan in on a little preview secret <laughs> Call to Adventure. Uh, it's very okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Aaron's going hog wild and he's pumped up about it. So, Aaron, what would the final rating on your first Kickstarter game be? Call to Adventure. Boy, what an experience. Ups uh, and downs. <laughs> roller coaster of, the, of sorts. It, it's been a crazy year. There's a lot of ups, yeah. and then now there's a lot of downs, I feel. Yeah. And thanks for bring, dragging us down with you. <laughs> <laughs> We're all three captain of this ship. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a five. Wow. I guess I would give it a 4.5. Five, right mm-hmm. around the same as you, Aaron. The artwork is really the only thing that saves it. I'm right in line with Ryan at 4.5. I'm almost positive I wouldn't go to a five. I would just keep it there. I mean, it was just kind of... Not much to it, and of course it added in a little take that with those anti-hero cards. It's sad. It's something that I thought could have been, you know, better just, than just that. adding just adding a little more to it. You know, giving giving players a little more options. I guess you do get an option because you can spend one of your experience, experience tokens to put a new card out, but still you're looking at the same row of cards, and it's just kind of. What do you say we back out of this review and we talk about dominant species? Okay, if that wraps up our review of Call to Adventure, it is now time for a review of Dominant Species. Dominant Species was designed by Chad Jensen and published by GMT Games in 2010 and plays two to six players in 120 to 240 minutes. Dominant Species is a worker placement and area control game where players play the role of one of six major animal classes before a great ice age arrives. The goal of the game is to have the most victory points at the end of the game. During the game, players will be placing action pawns on the board. Each player will take a turn placing a pawn, and once all pawns have been placed, they will be resolved from top to bottom and left to right in each action location. Players have a variety of actions to choose from. Just a few of them include adapting their species, glaciating the world, speciating across the land, and migrating to different lands. The game will end when someone claims the Ice Age card. The round will finish and players will score each land area one final time based on an area control and the player with the most victory points is the dominant species. What do you think about the production quality in this game? I like the uh, the production quality of it. Is it is Is that version the second edition? Do you know? I don't know, third or... 
Oh, they changed okay. the artwork like a little that, bit. Okay, that's um, what I was going to ask because I've seen earlier this editions. This has more color, yeah, basically. But you know, for what it is, it's not like amazing art. Uh, you know, I like the box cover. So I, you know, I like the the art on the dominance cards. But other than that, there's not a whole lot there. I mean, the I guess the tiles. You know, there's art on those for the different terrain. But it's not like it's you know, it looks good, but for what it is, it you know, it doesn't need to be. I think most people would say that the art or the look of the game is ugly. And I don't blame them for thinking yeah. that. It looks real dry. I don't know if I'd call it ugly, but... I, there's a lot of people out there that, though they think they might like the game, they won't even play it because of the cones, the cubes, and like the cylinders and really? stuff. Yep. Oh, That's... I didn't even care. No, it doesn't <laughs> bother me either. No. Right. I actually like it. But yeah, I, I like the component quality. It's nice. I'm going to say it, though. The player boards could have been thicker. Oh, yeah. They're just that yeah. flappy little cardstock, you know. Could have had something on the other so, side of them, too. Yep. So that could have been thicker. Uh, like the tiles, everything else is nice. It's good card quality. The player boards, stuff. though, they're just... It's just like a player aid, right? There's not really any... You, you, keep you your, put your... You yeah. keep your adaptations on there. Oh, that's right, you do. Yeah. And it but, describes your special if it's... Yeah. You bump those, it doesn't matter. It's not like... Right. But yeah, it, it gives you like a little overview of all the actions. Yeah, not, not that stuff. it really impacts gameplay. No, but I always want just the player boards. And I, I know. Yeah. So. Just a player board snob. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are a little at heart. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But, go, go ahead. Yeah, I think the artwork's fine. You know, no, it's nothing crazy, but I like it. You yeah. know, it's... Um, tiles are nice or fine mm-hmm. um, but yeah like I said some people might find the board and everything else to be kind of dry and simplistic looking but it doesn't bother me no So I think that for a dry simplistic looking game it does kind of pop once you because you got the different colored land tiles and then you start glaciating them and you got all the different colored cubes and cones and what have you I think it looks yeah that makes the board look Nice once you get rolling with everyone. Yeah, yeah. Once you get, once you expand the map a little bit, it starts looking really cool. Yep. I don't think it. I think that everything about the components is good. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. So, do you feel like the theme really comes out in this one? I think it's stronger than Call to Adventure. <laughs> Let's leave the past in the past. <laughs> it's nothing crazy. The components obviously don't really help it at right. all. But it is it is a fight and a struggle with these other players' cubes. But it's not like I feel like I am the mammals, or I feel like you know that type of thing. No, it, it could be rethemed easily as something else. Yeah, I think what does help the theme is just the different food sources, essentially, for your animal and being able to adapt to live in different um, environments. Yeah, the. The actions that you take or the different things like throughout the game and the rules of the game make it feel more thematic. Like all that stuff makes sense and it's intuitive, which mm-hmm. helps with the theme, you know, type of thing. Yeah. I would say for me the theme it's like that school glue. Yeah. It's not real sticky, but it it sticks just a little bit. You start pulling it off and it kinda stays a little. <laughs> Because it's such a struggle, 
and then uh, <laughs> just enough for an art project. Yeah, the rules of the game and like the different actions that you take make it the thematics work for me. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Don't don't look and getting this game like oh man. And don't no. look at the box cover and think that's how it's going to be because you open up the box and it looks totally different. Right. That's true. So let's get to the big one here. How's the gameplay? Ooh. Well, I don't think it's any surprise. It's been on a lot of our top ten lists, so I love it. Played it at Origins. The first time we went to Origins is the first time we played as a six-player game. Yeah. Five of us were new players. The guy who had played before mopped us up, but the yeah. well, whole time I was playing, I was like, this is awesome. I yeah. don't fully know what's going on, but this is great. I remember, too, we had to talk one of our guys into playing, too. Because we were walking by, and we're like, oh, we got, we have four people, and they only had two. We had to talk both of them into, yeah, and, and Tim into playing. And we're like, hey, you know, to the guys in our group, like, hey, let's check this game out. You know, It was on your list to want to try. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to talk Tim into it, and we're like, come on, you know, let's try it. He's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, I'll we try. told them how long it would take, and they're both yep. like, uh, I don't know. And, and like halfway through the game, Tim looks over and he's like, oh my <laughs> god, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, and that's because you bought it there too, then, right? Didn't you? Yeah. And I could not wait to play it again after. He yeah. bought that guy's copy from him because I need <laughs> it now. And I stole the copy from the Origins library. Yeah. But. I mean, for me, it just it blends so many good mechanics together, and it does it so well. You know, the worker placement, I like how you basically have a round of placing your tokens out, and then it goes from top to bottom, left to right. You go through, and then it's also changing up your area control. You're doing that kind of thing, and then you're scoring regions, getting dominance cards. You know, that puts a whole new layer to it. I will say there are some cards that are interactive, but because you can see them at the start of the round... It's an area control game, so it's okay for you. Well, but this is the <laughs> thing. you could It's not like it's interactive just out of the blue because you can see what the dominance cards are at, at the start of the round. Yep, you have the whole turn. So if I see the Cataclysm come up, I know, okay, there's a good chance I'm going to get blown up here in this region. So I'm going to start spreading out a little bit. Maybe I'll speciate in a different region. So it gives you an entire turn to prepare for that attack or whatever it might be. Hmm. So that's why it doesn't bother me at all. And like you said, it is area control. So there is kind of that back and forth. You can get attacked. You know, the spiders always get a free attack. You know, it just kind of, it's the nature of the beast. It's all... Packaged. Yeah, you're, you're fighting for survival. Right. So you got the some of the actions you can take in the game. So you got initiative. That basically bumps you up in turn order, so you go sooner. And then you yeah. can place your pawn on an open spot that's not taken by anyone else after everyone places. You have adaptation. That gives you a um, new thing that you're adaptable to. You can survive on new tiles now. You can survive with tiles with uh, maybe plants and sun. Something like that. You have regression, where it's the opposite of that. You might lose some of the stuff that you've adapted to. You have abundance. That's where you're taking one of those little elements and putting it onto the player board. You might put some more plants out there. You might put some water out there. You have wasteland. That's where certain things touch in the tundra. 
some resources are going to deplete. You have depletion, that's where someone can actually remove one of their choice from the board to help screw somebody over. Maybe they can't survive on that tile now because yeah. that resource isn't there. Uh, you have glaciation. There's a big glacier that's going to be spreading over the map throughout the game. You have speciation. That's how you're going to get more of your cubes out onto the board. You have wonderlust. That's where you're going to place new tiles onto the board. Migration. That's how you're going to move around the map. Competition. That's where you're going to be killing off other players. And then domination. That's where you're going to score points based on area control on a tile that you pick. Whoever dominates that tile then gets to pick one of those cards that we talked about. And how you calculate domination is, so you have these different elements or resources that you're basically adapted to. Whoever has the most on their player board and also showing on that tile is going to be dominant in that region. Mm -hmm. As a uh, overview of what's going on in the game so you kind of have a feel of what we're talking about. So I think that the game blends strategy and tactics perfectly in my mind. Yeah. Like for me, it's got tons of both. Uh, it's got long-term strategy, but then you have to tactically maneuver based on what other people do, what cards come out, what uh, elements or resources slide down into those regression or wasteland spots. Like, uh, no one grabbed the water ones. I got a bunch of water. I don't want to lose my water because that's going to... I'm going to die out on a couple of these regions. I think the tension and chaos... In the game is awesome but you can see everything in the game ahead of time like you said those cards are out there everyone's yeah goosenecking around those cards each round to see what all those cards do and oh, i'd really like to get that one but I, I probably shouldn't grab that one even though it's gives me a lot of points because i really need to prevent that card from happening to me or i need to work this whole round against that happening to me so i can get a different card or you might not grab any of those cards and just kind of play the long game and go for the scoring at the end. Right, because I, I like, too, how, you know, it's area control. You're going to score, you know, whoever has the most tokens there, they're going to score when you score that region. But then dominance, that determines who gets that card. Mm -hmm. And that can always change. So maybe you have the most cubes there, so you might choose to score that region to score the most points, but then you're not going to get the dominance card. So it's always, you're kind of weighing back and forth. Okay, do I score that region? Or maybe I score a different region where I, may, I might only score three points, but I get to pick a dominance card because they're they're so good and so useful. I definitely think this is a game of being adaptable as a player. Because once the worker placement starts going off, everything's going to change. and you're, Everything that you had planned, you're like, well time to think on my feet uh, yeah you know? yeah ex exactly you place one out there two out there and in the middle of placing them out there you already have to change what you're thinking or like you said you get to the round where you're actually taking those actions and you're doing something totally different than what you initially planned on yep because this guy went there and i was going to go there and I, he already dominates so well i'm going to go over here instead yep there's a lot of that so it's not just an adaptation of your animal it's you actually having to adapt and that's a really interesting and i think I, I agree with what tim said it takes a good mechanism like worker placement and does it really well and a not so great mechanism like area control and still manages to do it well i didn't say that no i was i was <laughs> adapting it for you <laughs> this can be a very very mean game especially if you're not 
like paying attention to the cards or just different things on the board enough. Yeah. Like it's fun too. You can go about different strategies. Like the last game we played, I went kind of with a tundra strategy, and I was scoring a lot of points each round with that. Glaciation too. You can kind of control where the tundra is going to go, so that helped me because I was kind of doing both of those. Yeah. Because no one else, I think Johnny might have glaciated once, but I did it every other time throughout the game, so mm-hmm. I can kind of control where it go to make sure I had the most cubes on those tiles. Yeah. So glaciation, that action's a little bit different. Yeah. So. Multiple pawns could be placed there, and say the second one that's placed there, that will stay there for so the say, next round. Yeah, say there's three pawns there. The one will take the action. The other two will slide over and take it the next round. So those will actually be held up until they get to take the action. Yeah. But yeah, it can be brutal. It can be a brutal game. So I guess some cons for the game would be, for people, it's a very long game. And especially when you're first learning it, it's even longer. But yeah. even now... I would say now it takes us about three hours before, maybe four or five hours if you've got people learning the game and whatnot. So it can be hard to get out or if people don't like longer games. Uh, It's a very heavy game, so you're using your brain for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It can lead to AP because you're just, there's all these options and then they, basically the state of the game changes so often we got to refigure stuff you know you got to refigure things yeah the one thing that is annoying but i don't think there's any really way they could fix it and i like that part of the game though but it, it feels fiddly is you're constantly having to refigure that dominance oh where you're counting out right. yeah. whenever basically whenever any new element or resource there gets put on a tile you have to refigure it for all those tiles that it's touching to see if someone new is dominating. Yeah. So that can be that can be annoying. Yeah, my I guess, you know, for a con would be that the learning curve, because it is such a heavy game, the learning curve is very sharp. I mean you can learn the game, but I think to play competitively or to play well, it'll take a few times. Unless you're Johnny, didn't he win like his first or second game? I don't know. I don't think he ever won. No, he he did win. That Marv, Marv, yeah, the other oh. one, Bandit puffed him that one game. Oh, when he got puffed. But he still won. We could have put him down. We just yeah. didn't see him as a threat, I guess. <laughs> right, maybe that was it, though. But I don't think that's a negative, because once you get into well, no. it, I, I, you know, there's but. greener pastures, right? You're going to, at least I love the game after learning it. Yeah, I... It's definitely a great game. But yeah, the con you, is the length. Sometimes I just don't want to play a big, thinky game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would agree. The cons for me would be the length at times. But I don't... I'm not opposed to how long it is, though. Because there's so much going on. You know, when we get done playing, it's like, wow, we spent three hours, but it doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like you said, it, it is fiddly with the dominance the dominance but other than that i don't have any cons so ryan we're waiting for your rating on this well i had one in the last review i got another one here it's a perfect 10 for me (laughs) um is it really any shock to you not not really (laughs) (laughs) um this game definitely isn't for everybody no you know if you're into area control worker placement heavy longer games that even two of those four things, especially all of them, you've got to check this out. 
don't worry about what it looks like. If it looks dry and boring to you, you've got to play the game. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, you'd be doing yourself a disservice. Exactly. Yeah, I. the only thing I would change in the game is if there was somehow you could just figure out the dominance easier. That's the only thing for me that... It's not like I hate that. It's just... It's fiddly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, I have three games rated as a 10 on Board Game Geek. This is one of the three. I don't know what else to say. It doesn't surprise me either. It, it shouldn't, <laughs> because it's made a few lists before, and I... Yeah, it's it's a great game. Hmm. Well, as we know, I don't give games tens <laughs> for no good reason. But it's a, it, this game is a nine, which should is really? basically a ten. Oh yeah, yeah, nine for you is is a ten. That's for... <laughs> I'll find that game one day, maybe not. Maybe I just have too high a standards. But maybe that made me look. I got four games as a ten. That's what I was looking earlier when you Okay. Because I was curious. Because I knew I had it as a 10, but... But 9's about as much as you're going to get out of me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Just <laughs> stingy man. Yeah. So what do you say, Tim? Let's fill up the rest of this episode with some party games? Yes. Let's do it. So our top 10 party filler games. What do you consider a party filler? Well, something light. Something I can play with my family. Okay. Uh, and something that doesn't take a whole lot of time and it's good to play when you're waiting for someone to get there or end of the night and you just want something light. Did you have a difference between a filler game or a party filler? Or not really? Well, I almost thought of making my first five, like my ten through six, party games and then my five through one filler games and it'd be like two top five lists. But I didn't (laughs) do that. Okay. A lot of them are crossover to me. Okay. Yeah, so it was a hard list for me to make. Not that I couldn't find games to pick. It was just party games are kind of more easily recognizable, but like distinguishing between like filler or like a lightweight game. Yeah. So there's some games that are on here that I like more than these, but they just have a little bit more going on. Um, like I, anything. For these, I had to, they have to play at least three player for like a party filler. Oh yeah, category because a two player party game is just it's not really a party. Yeah, it's just a. But well, you'll be disappointed with me. <laughs> but I picked more of like yeah, I can play two, but I picked games more that were really really light that kind of play with a bunch of people. Yeah, that's what I was going with for me on this list. Yeah, and that's... Like, Takenoko, that's a filler game to me, but it's more of, like, a lightweight strategy game. So it didn't, like, make the qualification... As an example, that wouldn't make the qualification on my list. See, I had party slash filler game. It's it's fine. It's just however... (laughs) Yeah. Because it's a tough... Yeah, it's just a criteria. Yeah, because there were a few games that... I guess I didn't consider Takenoko, but... That was, um, like, an example. But, yeah, a game about the same weight, where Mm -hmm. I was like... I almost consider it a party filler, but I there's more game to it. Yeah, or maybe it takes a little longer than what you would right. want to call it a filler, you know, yeah. type of thing. But that's just all. Really, that's up to the person to decide what they consider right. something. So we'll, so we'll make a lightweight 
game list at some point, like a lightweight. Yeah, because there's stuff. a lot of those that can fit yep, that. There's too, a bunch so. of them I left out that yep. type of thing. Okay, Ryan, so why don't you kick this party off with your number 10? My number 10, Tim and Aaron. Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks. That's, that's why we had this party filler, because we had to have a little party for you to come back. A shindig? Yeah. Awesome. My number 10 is a game about lies, deception, backstabbing, and misleading your friends. And that is Resistance. Yeah. It could be Resistance, Resistance, Avalon. I guess the one thing I don't like about Avalon is I have to memorize all the stuff to say in the beginning. Because <laughs> you're the moderator. Yeah, if there's an app for it, I would like that one more than Resistance, but... I like the cards in Resistance yeah. instead of the rolls. I mean, I like the rolls better, but oh, I like having the cards in Resistance. That's kind of a variant, right? Those roll cards? Well, it's just a, a different way to play the game, I guess. It's just better with the cards. Okay. Because you get like a small little... Yeah. Sometimes it's not really anything, but it's kind of cool because one card might be, oh, look at the card that that person just put into the pile. You might say, oh, it's a traitor card, or like he's failing the mission, but... Maybe you're the traitor. Maybe I'm lying that he's... so you know. Right. It just kind of throws some heat at it. Yeah, so you definitely want... It plays five to ten players, basically. A lot of fun. You're taking a certain amount of people on each mission, and if you're loyal, you have to pass the mission. But if you're a traitor, you have the option of doing one or the other. Had first team to win three out of the five missions, I think, is going to win the game. Yeah. I can never be a traitor with your brother, so it's a good thing he's out of the group now. Because anytime just we just way. instantly would start laughing if we yeah. see each other as a traitors. Or when uh, when Angela was playing with us, and her and Jack were on the first mission, and she went to fail it. So when the cards flip, first thing she says, Jack! Jackson! And it's it was like, just, yeah, you're a traitor. You could tell just flat out. It was so funny. So oh, that's great. It's a game about reading people's faces and reactions. Yeah. If someone's talkative, like the first two games, and they're not a traitor, all of a sudden they're hush hush now. <laughs> Something's up. Something's up, yeah. or they're playing you, so you don't. Right. Basically, anytime we play this game, you never just bring it out and play it once. You always play multiple times. Yeah. So that's my number ten, Resistance. All right. So my number ten, I don't think either of you two have played it. Because I picked it up for... Mafia de Cuba. No. Monikers. So I picked it up for a yep. family get-together. And, yeah, and that game is Monikers. So, basically how it starts off, everyone gets dealt. I Why think haven't you ever picked this for a game day? I don't know. If it's in your top... You must like it if it's in your... Oh, I like it, yeah. Why haven't you ever picked it? I don't know. It just never just never came out, I guess. I don't know. How long have you had it? A couple years. <laughs> oh, you never had a chance, huh? <laughs> okay, We've so... had those game days where we, like, around Christmas and the holidays and stuff, we do nothing but play, like, filler-type games. We almost do that every year where we just play uh, just light games. Yeah, it's just... Where we forego the whose pick it is and yeah, yeah, we just, just pick, have a smorgasbord... Yeah. Uh, I don't have to tell you. Okay. We'll, we'll play it soon then. Cornucopia. So in Monikers, dealt a certain amount of cards, and then you get to pick a certain amount of cards from your hand. And that gets put into like a common deck, so to speak. So you know some of the cards that could put in. So all the cards have uh, different historical figures on them. And 
Some of them are like historical serious ones. Some of them are not so serious. Maybe it like references a commercial, um, like the Gerber baby, Mr. Peanut, Mr. Peanut, and it has a description in there. So you shuffle them up. All the cards get thrown in that get picked. You shuffle them up, and then the first team that goes, it's two teams. So the first team that goes, they have like a minute to try to get as many cards as they can. So one person draws a card, and they, the first round you can read everything on the card. You cannot say the name on the card. And you're trying to get your teammates to guess what it is. So you're basically reading the description. So after a minute, the deck gets passed to the other team, they go, and they try to get as many as they can. So you keep cycling through the deck until every card is won. And there's different point values on the card. And then it, you count up your points for that round, you write it down. Then you go to the second round. In the second round, you can only say one word to describe the card. So maybe you'll say top hat for Mr. Peanut. You know, just random stuff like that. So you're just hollering out one word. And you're trying to cycle through the deck again. <laughs> but not the first thing that would come to my mind. The, Mr. P- the planners guy? Yeah. Well, I know he's got a top hat. But, but you can't say his name. Oh, I know. I'm, okay. I'm just saying... Just as a quick... No, I'm like imagining us playing... Yeah, he's got the, Aaron's, the, the monocle. monocle. Yeah, yeah. So... What if you're like eating peanuts? Is that illegal? Like you hold up a little peanut, the monocle, and you say top hat? Well, you can only say one word in the second round. In the third round, so once you work your way through well, the entire... does that work, though? Do the monocle eye, you're holding a peanut, and say top hat. That's uh, one uh, word. Uh, I'd have to look. I don't know if you can act it out. Because you you... You've already seen all the cards in the deck through the first round. So then you say one word, so it's a little easier. In the last round, it's basically charades. You're working through the same deck. You're acting out stuff. So that's when you could throw up your little monocle for Mr. Peanut or, you know, whatever. And um, it's just always fun. We're always laughing, you know. My mom's boyfriend, he's always like, oh, no, no, I I don't need to play. I'm terrible at those games, you know. And then it comes to the time for him to like act him out, and he's up there just killing it, just dancing <laughs> around. And it's always a good time. We always laugh, and uh, it almost always gets played at you know Thanksgiving, Christmas, and stuff when we get together. So I'll pick it soon. Maybe, yeah, maybe I expect year. it to be played by our Christmas. Okay. Christmas. If it works, out, if it works out, I'll pick it. My next pick day. And well, that is like saying any. I know, I say that a lot. Yeah, though. you said that about A Feast for Odin like four months ago. You're like, oh, if it works out for the next game day, I'll pick it. And but it didn't work out. For like the last five pick days. Yeah, yeah. it hasn't worked out. Well, it's because you just haven't picked it. That's why it hasn't worked out. You're giving yourself an out. <laughs> it's like me saying, oh, if it works out, I'll pick this game. Well, it just didn't work out. <laughs> that's my out. I don't know what to tell you. But that's my number 10, monikers. Yeah, so it's looking like my list is a whole lot more fillers than party. But this is fine. It's a party filler list. So. True. So my number 10 is a game I got recently. Played with you, Ryan, and that is Dig. Okay. It's one of the Paco games. That's definitely... Games. Well, that, you need, that's like a filler's filler. Like, <laughs> it's filling in before you play a filler. Either. I don't even know what you want to call that. <laughs> like... An appetizer. Not even an appetizer. It's like... They bring out the peanut. You know, sometimes you get an appetizer, but some places just give you like those free peanuts. It's like those peanuts before you get your appetizer, or like the little breadsticks, the hard ones in the plastic. Yep. Yep. Well, either way, it's a fun little light game where you're 
a couple of different dogs and you're digging up bones and del- delivering them to bulls and progressively the yard gets excavated of bones and there's nothing left but bulls and you score based on where those bulls end up and it's just a easy little game that like you could play two three of and it's very lighthearted. you know there's not a lot going on it's just a fun little filler you know i'm trying to kill time between a, a, a game or waiting for someone yeah. and i play two rounds of that yeah if you got five minutes to burn and you don't have to smoke heat up some food or go to the bathroom play some dig play some dig <laughs> <laughs> anyway. yeah I mentioned it in the last episode. Yeah, it's uh, a game I expected nothing out of, and it was better than expected. Right. <laughs> so that's my number 10. Dig. That's those Paco games, right? Yeah, by Perplexed. Okay. Chris Hardy. A little shout out there. You yeah, working wow. for him or what? <laughs> yeah, we, you got your own personal sponsor? <laughs> you got our first sponsor of the show. <laughs> Not the show, just Aaron. Yep, yeah, just me. <laughs> just the blue. I I think I asked it last episode and you weren't here, but uh, who designed... Did, was it the same designer for all the Paco games? Yeah. It was, okay. Uh, at least I'm 90% sure. Okay. I didn't know if it was just a different designer for the... Okay. So my number nine... Is a game where you're going to be taking some guns and pointing them at your friends. Okay. And that is Cash and Guns. Uh, I think it's like four to eight players right around in there. It's you got these little foam guns and it's just so much fun. Everyone's grabbing the little foam guns and like yeah. pointing them at their friends. You know, pulling them out of their back pocket or their sock or something. Just <laughs> acting like idiots, you know. You got like six guns loaded up or yeah. just something crazy. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You're basically, you'll count down and at the same time everyone points a gun at somebody else or basically at somebody. And then you have another countdown where you can then change who you're pointing at. You can point at someone else or you can back out if you want to. And then anyone who stays in, they then reveal if there's any guns pointing at them, if they get shot or not. If they do get shot, they're out of the round. If they don't, they get to take part in grabbing this loot. And the loot is basically just some drafting. You're getting some art, which the more art you get, it exponentially raises in points. Diamonds is a majority thing they have points and then whoever's the most gets a load of points at the end and then just straight money along with some special little things here and there that you can get mm-hmm. uh whoever has the most after a number of rounds wins the game yeah it's just a lot of fun uh basically if it didn't have the little foam guns it wouldn't be on the list yeah that's what really makes it it's just crazy stupid fun i just, just always wanted to point guns at you guys <laughs> 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 and this game gives you access to that yeah and you know we're always we're always laughing when we're playing it too. You know we're mm-hmm. and just, except Johnny, he does not like yeah, this he game like at this all. Game. He loathes it. What's wrong with him? Yeah, maybe he doesn't like getting guns pointed at him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't blame him. <laughs> maybe he had a bad experience once. Yeah, with a real gun. Yeah, <laughs> that'll probably that, do that, it. I wouldn't want to play this either. That's true. Yeah, it's a good one. I know. It's a good pick. Glad, glad you agree. <laughs> agree with me picking my games. Sure. <laughs> my number nine. It's a game. It's a party filler game that has a lot of tension for one person. 
Why are you staring at me? Because I thought you were going to try to guess it. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. I usually do it for the first couple and then get bored of it. Okay. <laughs> get bored of it. Uh, anyways, that game is called Spyfall. Um, oh. Yeah, it is really. I hate being the spy in that game. So in Spyfall, there's, I don't even know how many location decks are in the box, but they're all in little plastic bags. You shuffle up a certain amount of location cards, and then the spy card inside this, or maybe two, depending on player count. So you shuffle them up, you deal them out. So everyone, except for the spy, knows what the location is. And we always play it where there's a special ability or special role on the card. So you got to kind of play out as if, like if we're in the auto body shop and you get the card that says mechanic, you're basically the mechanic of the auto body shop. I think that's the best way to play it. Uh, there's scoring to it too. We never do that. We just We just play it. Hey, here's a round. We deal everything out. We just play it, have fun with it. Try to call it the spy, take the cards back, put a new deck out there, and just keep going from there. And it's always, we always have different, like, inside jokes, you know. Um, anytime the cruise ship gets pulled now, you remember the one or no? Yeah. Okay. The, uh, will you never let me go? And I asked your brother, Jack. <laughs> so, it's Titanic, obviously. Yeah. So, it's just kind of goofy fun, uh, but... If you are the spy, it's so stressful because you're trying to just make yeah you're just panicked. make stuff up and yeah you're just panicking. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I don't know what else to say about it. That's my number nine spy fall. I guess I got two beefs with the game. The first one is I think everyone should have their own sheet. Yeah, it's really annoying. Like you're the spy. And they're asking a question and someone else has a sheet. Like, how dumb was it not to have? <laughs> and then, so that way, you're when you're the spy, you got the sheet, you're like just staring at the thing. You got to ask this question, but you got to be coy about not staring at the sheet. So if everyone had their own, people wouldn't notice you looking at the sheet as much. Right. Uh, yeah. My second beef is I just don't like it very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll play it, but I'm glad it doesn't get picked very much. A lot of it has to do with the questions I could ask. People ask like lame questions or the same questions a lot. It yeah, just a lot of the same questions. Kind of boring. Come so yeah, it's. I like when I am the spy and someone like Marv just absolutely gives it away. <laughs> so I'm like, oh okay, yeah, we're at the military academy, whatever. I think I'd like it more if they just gave everyone a sheet. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. It's it super sucks being the spy. Yeah, uh, maybe it, I could look. I might be able. To print I'm sure off, people uh, do because everyone complains about yeah. that. Like, maybe I'll look into that. But yeah, that's my mini review. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a mini game. <laughs> All right, my number nine is the Resistance, and we've discussed it. Really easy game to teach. Have you played this with your family? Yes. Do they like it? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we were all just laughing, having a good time. Yeah. I'm like, Mom, you're obviously the spy. Mom, I cannot believe you lied to me. <laughs> yep, that happened. I am so hurt. <laughs> Mother! <laughs> you always told me buying was bad. <laughs> and here you are. Have you played Avalon? <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
I guess you don't like Avalon. I didn't like it because I was Merlin and I didn't realize <laughs> that people could call out Merlin. Okay. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Cause, yeah. I was just like, oh, that, that's how that works, huh? So I, I, wish, I might like it if I had Yeah, if we played it a few that. times and you know what's going on. Yeah. I just wish they had an app where I didn't have to sit and moderate yeah. all the roles. Kind of like the one night werewolf yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the resistance just a fun little game. Takes like you said, you I like to play like best two out of three games. Yeah. You know. So it's my number nine. My number eight is a game where you're trying to smuggle some goods into a fair or a merchant area or yes. something along that. Um, that is Sheriff of Nottingham. It is a three to five player game and it's it's a lot of fun. The most satisfying thing of the game is snapping that bag open. Yeah. You almost should have brought one of the bags. Just snap, <laughs> just it, snap it. it on air. Because I'm, I'm the sheriff, and you're trying to basically catch people. You're trying to make deals. They're trying to get contraband in because it's worth more points. Uh, they might be honest. If, they're, if you open their bag... As soon as it opens, all deals are off. You reveal everything. If they told you the truth about what's in the bag and you opened it, you have to pay them. If uh, they lied about it and brought smuggled in some stuff, they have to pay you. The coolest thing about the game, too, is Aaron hands me a bag at the start of the round. He has to say three chickens. He has to name a legal good and the exact number of cards that are in the bag, and he has to look me in the eye when he says it. <laughs> that's what the rules say. So that's a lot of fun yeah. always. And then you try to catch somebody in a lie, like, oh, you said two cheese, huh? Mm-hmm. And like, no, 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 I said, oh, wait, what I say? You know, you just... <laughs> who, who was that, that... Three crossbows. <laughs> was it Brian? That I he, think it was Brian, yeah, he... He was he, like, three chickens, and then he realized it was actually, like, three cheese. Yeah. So he was going to be honest, but he screwed up when he handed the bag <laughs> yeah. So then he was just, like, sweating. <laughs> but it's always fun trying to, like, make deals. The timer's clicking down. You're trying to make some deals and whatnot. And then you just finally sick of it. You're just like, you know what? Snap, snap. Yep. You open a couple people's bags. It's just satisfying, even if you're just wrong about everything, which I typically am. <laughs> but you're, you're always accusing other players. Mm. You know, Aaron hands his bag in. Hey! I saw Pepper in his bag. You know, just <laughs> random, you know, role-playing it up a little bit, just having fun. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, the role-playing it is awesome. I think the if I have a complaint, the one complaint would be it just seems easier to win if you're just always honest. and you just. But it's not as fun. So I yeah. always like trying to sneak in contraband and making deals and stuff like that because it's just, it's just more fun. It's a lightweight, fun, fun game. So Yeah. It's my number eight, Sheriff of Nottingham. My number eight is a game that uses an app that you requested for the resistance. But this one is One Night Ultimate Werewolf. So basically everyone gets dealt rolls and then uh, you punch it into the app, you fire it up, or if you memorize it, but we don't do that, no. So uh, basically if you're a villager, you're trying to find out who the werewolves are. If you're a werewolf, you're trying to basically get everyone to vote and kill a villager. So you basically play one round or one game of it, and then you everyone votes at the end. You count down, you know, three, two, one, vote. Everyone points. Whoever has majority pointing at them, they get eaten or whatever or killed. Uh, but during the round, everyone goes to sleep, 
and then that's where all the special abilities take in. So the seer can look at someone's card or, you know, maybe a card in the middle. And um, Troublemaker, I think, swaps cards. Insomniac looks at them. I mean, that's just a few rolls. There's a bunch in the box, and there's expansions for it. But uh, that's just kind of the gist of it. It plays real fast, and that's, you know, why I like it. And, you know, we're always just kind of... The same way we play the resistance, you know, we're always just kind of laughing, accusing each other, and you know, playing multiple games in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a lot of fun. It's got that you're sweating after. The worst, the one complaint I would have is like if you're a villager, you don't get to do anything in the round. We we rarely play with just villagers now. Yeah, because I mean, it's so always... much more fun when you get to do something yeah. during the night, just manipulate stuff somehow. But right. it's always fun waking up and like. Uh, did my card get switched? With a, am I a werewolf now? Or yeah, this right. or, it's always... Yeah, because, I mean, that's another thing, too. When everyone wakes up from the night phase, you can't look at your card. So you don't know what you were or what you might be now. You, your role might have changed throughout the night, and you're always trying to boil down to see... Yeah, it's, it's a random... Don't go into the game expecting to have any control over anything. No. Because you don't have... No. It's just kind of crazy, laughing, yeah. you know, exactly. party just filler style. Enjoy the ride. Yep. Right. Just have fun. Just buckle in. <laughs> but that's my number eight, One Night Ultimate Werewolf. All right, well, my number eight is um, the Batman version of Love Letter. Um, I don't know describe it. Everyone gets a card, and each card, it's basically a suits of one through eight. Not suits, numbers one through eight. And, like, number one is Batman. He lets you call out someone else's whatever card identity they are. They are. If you're right, they're out of the round. The last person in the round wins, essentially. But there's different characters throughout the game. Like, Bane lets you swap, um, lets you compare hands with someone, whoever has the lower is out. Robin makes it so you can't be touched by any other card effect through this through the next round or if you're the joker i don't even remember the joker. he just if you uh if you have to discard the joker you lose yeah he's he's the highest point valued card in order and it's just a really light game that I lo- it's another one of those where i can play a couple of rounds of it and just to kill time between games yeah you don't know how much time you got you don't know if you got 10 minutes 20 minutes you just play that until yeah, and it's you're ready to play yeah. something. And it's a simple game where you could like, you know, have conversation on the side as well while you're playing yep. the game. Yeah. Cuz I think in the rules it says you you basically earn Batman tokens if you win the round. And I think it's you play till you get 7, but a lot of times we just we're waiting for somebody, we just start dealing cards out. Yeah, you might get a Batman token for calling someone out or winning a round, but it's I don't want. I don't know if I want to say it's rare, but we don't usually play where we play up to seven. It's just no, it seems oh, like it takes too long. Yeah. It's just whoever has the most. Yeah, down. we just oh, you won. Yeah, so oh. we're sick of playing, yeah. or everyone shows up and yeah. ready to play something. We just stop. Yeah, it's a good game. You can just stop. Yep. Yeah. At any time. Yeah. The uh, one time we played, <laughs> so the bane compares strength. The lower ones. out. someone once said. Oh, you beat me by one and then he discarded his card so it's like obvious what, what the number you had yeah it's yeah. like no i didn't i didn't say that i didn't give it away yeah yeah you did this is exactly what you did yep okay so my number seven is a game where you got some uh 
you could look at it steamed after uh, Departed. You got some, uh, you got some dirty cops. You got some good cops. Oh. Not really themed after the <laughs> Departed, but it's good cop, bad cop. It gets like four to eight players. Uh, it's a blast. You get dealt three cards. It's a blast because <laughs> you get to shoot. Anyways, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll bypass Tim's commentary. So you get dealt three cards. And you might be the lead henchman, or you might be the lead copper. There's also the little minor lackeys. If you're not one of the lead dogs, whichever you have the majority of, that's you know the good or the bad side. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You manipulate. You're trying to kill. Find out who the big bad is on each team. You're trying to kill them. And there's cards that you can play that manipulate things or figure out who's on what side. Just always a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy hidden identity games. My number seven is a game that was previously mentioned, and that is Batman Love Letter. I don't have anything else to add to it because it's such a light game. There's not a ton to it. Uh, this is the only version of Love Letter that I've played, only because you know the theme. I, you know, obviously really like the theme, so that's mm-hmm. why I went with this one. So. Yeah, the other ones are probably better. Just the theme of this one is like <laughs> Batman love letter. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any all. sense at all. But you know, well, there's a Cthulhu one, of course, too. Yeah, there's just, a Lord of the Rings one. They just stamp any theme. Yeah, they really on the system. Yeah, but that's my number seven, Batman love letter. Hmm. All right, my number seven is a smaller deck builder, and I haven't played it where it took. More than 20 minutes, uh, that's how I kind of consider it a filler. Maybe 30 minutes, and that's Hero Realms. I uh, played Star Realms too. that was just, that was fine. But I like the theming in Hero Realms better, and it's just a good time. When did you get Hero Realms? He mentioned it in a previous episode. Did he? I wasn't paying attention. No. Oh, well, it's been a while. It's been about a month. It's like I wasn't here for three months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember you talking about it. I don't remember. I yeah. listen. <laughs> how do you like it with the uh hero powers or whatever haven't gotten you any of the packs oh okay it's uh it's not part of the base game you mean to like play as the thief or the paladin yeah whatever yeah yeah it's no it's a, okay they're like three dollar card packs okay. that i could just go to chimera and get yeah okay i didn't know if this came with it or not no cool but, yeah hero realms simple fun yep it's a lot of fun. It's a good game. I mean, I played Star Realms, so I, I know what the system is. And yeah, exactly. My number six is a game that would not have even come close to this list a year ago, and I didn't really like it. And I played it recently. We played it three times in a row, pretty much, and that is Port Royal. Um, really, really enjoyed it the last few times we played it, and I think I'm just going to keep on enjoying it. I think because I know what to expect out of the game. It's just like a little super light push-your-luck game. You're basically revealing ships. You try to fend them off. You're trying to do a little set collection. You're getting coins to buy different characters, and you're basically trying to complete missions, which is trading in different number, different symbols to score points. Uh, first player to get 12 or a certain number of points, I can't remember wins. I was, first couple times I played it, I was like, ah, don't really care for it, don't really like it. It had been a year or so, I was like, yeah, I'll try it again. Like it a lot now. I don't know, it's <laughs> it's kind of weird. But flip the it's switch. Just, 
Yeah. Just something went off, and that is Port Royal. Yeah, I like that the uh, coins are actually just, you flip the cards over, and that adds variability to what's coming up in the deck. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm still at that point where I don't like it yet. So <laughs> It's a Fister game, so I'm not surprised. I, I was going <laughs> to ask is. you, hey, who designed yep. this game? I thought it was Steve Jackson for some it's, reason. That's it's the company. Oh, okay. It was actually a different company in Europe, and then they brought it over and changed like the box to make it look ugly. And <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone buys the other edition because it looks way better. Mm-hmm. Right. My number six has been mentioned twice. Mm. But that should also tell you a little bit that I did not like it at all the first couple times I played it, so I'm not a complete fanboy. <laughs> And now I really enjoy it. <laughs> I was going to accuse you, know. you of, um, because you've played a lot of Fister games and you're becoming more of a fan, that it just brought this game up. No, because I, I always thought, too, is like, because he's got about half and half heavy games and yeah. light games. Okay. And I never got any more of the lighter ones because I'm like, I didn't like Port Royal. Does that make you go out and look into the other lighter games? Yeah. Have you gotten them? No. Oh, okay. But What's the one popular light one that he has? There's there's Isle of Sky. That's the one. That's a little... That's like in between, like a medium light, I would okay. say. But that's like a little tile placement. And then there's there's some other ones, but... Yeah. Anyways, it does make me look into those. Isle of Sky is one I want to get. But now that you like Port Royal, you are just true fanboy now, right? <laughs> I don't. I, I have about half his games. Even there's like three of them I'm missing. So can't say I'm a complete fanboy because I'd have all of them. There's Broom Service. I heard it's good though. I'll yeah. I that's one I'd want to try. For me, like I'm not yeah. sure if I'd like it or not. I love Sky. I think I'll like. I'm gonna pick that up pretty soon. And then uh, oh, what's the other? Oh my goods is the other one. That's a really light card, oh, card play okay. engine building yeah. game. So, so if I was a real fanboy, I'd have them all. But you're working on it. I'm working on being that completionist. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to, so that I could just, you know, accuse you and. Yeah. Not um, that it's gonna bug you, but. No, but. I'll do it anyways. So my number six. Is resistance. Yes. <laughs> so we've talked. Yes. <laughs> we've talked about it already. So that's my number six. All right, my number six is a two-player game in which you are drafting cards, and that is Tides of Madness. Another one that really quick, over in 15 minutes, and it's just got the twist of Tides of Time where you gain madness through your cards. Basically, all you're doing is you're drafting your cards. Basically, you're drafting cards, and you're collecting sets and scoring based off of the each card has a different scoring parameter that you meet based off of collecting sets and... Yeah, it's just a fun little game. And oftentimes when I'm playing a filler game, it's like you and me, Ryan, waiting for people. So that's why I think yep. of a lot of two-player games as fillers. Yeah. But yeah, my number six is Tides of Madness. Yep, I like it. adds just a little bit more than Tides of Time, and I like it because it's got that threat of, I want this card, but I might grab this madness, and it might come end up haunting me and killing me at the end of the game. And so. you could end up getting hate drafted into that madness anyway. Exactly, yep. So I like I like what that adds. By the way, Port Royal plays two to five players. I just <laughs> I said it I've said it in all my other games. Oh. So my number five is a three to six player game. Tim, can you guess it based off that? No. <laughs> Shocking. 
So that is Fantasy Realms. Mm. Yeah. Really enjoy it. Surprised how much I enjoyed it. Keep enjoying it more and more all the time. We've talked about it before, so there's not a whole lot I want to say. But yeah, you're just basically playing the game. You're trying to craft as high scoring of a point hand as you can. You just have a bunch of cards. They have a bunch of specials. They tell you how they score. And you're just trying to get the best hand you can. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like it the more I play it. Mm-hmm. Because now I understand how the deck works. Yep. But I'm just irritated with myself. You forgot about I it? Can't, well, it just, yeah. I forgot about Sheriff. So, did that make you feel better? Yeah, that'd be pretty high up on yours. Yeah. Uh, really? I was not going to talk about it too much because I was like, well, this is going to be on errands for sure. Like, <laughs> yep, it, well, you just you shut my party down. Because <laughs> that would have been, you know, right in this range for me. Hmm. So, there. Well, it's going to mention it. Tell everyone. Bump half these down one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'll move on to my number five. If you want to bump uh, half realms. the games down on Tim's <laughs> list. So what was your number 10? Monikers. That's 11, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about Fantasy Realms. <laughs> okay, so my number five, it was mentioned earlier, and you get to point guns at people. <laughs> you do get to do it in... <laughs> That's the one thing about good cop, bad cop. You get these lame little cards you point at somebody oh, instead yeah. of the yeah, yeah. <laughs> card gun. <laughs> so this game is not good cop, bad cop. It is cash and guns. You get the foam guns. Uh, the one thing I will add is that I did pick up one of the expansions. I think it was more cash, more... We played with it. Did we? Yeah. Okay, I don't... More cash, more guns, I believe. It adds different uh, cards. More cash and more guns. Yeah, a little more. It adds the... Um, just one more. <laughs> just, one, <laughs> just one more. It adds more of the um, loot cards. Mm-hmm. And then it adds different special ability cards. So that's where the different guns come in. So I think one of them is like this big hand cannon where I think if you shoot somebody with it, they take two wounds. Another one, they have um, two pistols, so they get to point at different people. But one of them's a fake. It has like a little notch in the handle. So when you reveal, you actually show which gun you're pointing at. Mm. Uh, so it, it just adds another kind of layer to the goofiness and just, you know. <laughs> and one of the... I, I don't think you mentioned it the one time we played I where... I don't remember why. You were irritated with one of the guys in our group for something so i think it was the one of the games where he went after somebody oh, i mean i ended up doing the same thing <laughs> that he did but but so what happened was basically right you get four bang cards in your hand is it four three or four you get a certain amount of bullets yeah you get a certain amount of bullets so basically to start the game off ryan pointed at one guy and it was a bang so the second round, same thing. Bang. So he's got two wounds. Third time comes up, and the guy's like, you're not going to shoot me again. Third bang kills him. <laughs> just banged him to death. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, and it, it's not a long game, so yeah, he was out of the game, but it wasn't like he was sitting there for another. No, it's like a half hour, 20 minute game. Yeah, you know? so. But it was just. It was just funny. Kept you know, up just, bullets and shooting them. <laughs> Bang, bang, bang. And he never dropped out. So it was, you know. No way you're going to shoot me three times in a row. <laughs> he stuck it out and he got shot. 
Uh, but that is my number five cash and guns. My number five is a two-player game again, and it is kind of an abstract strategy game where you, there are five cards dealt out, two to each player, one in the center, and you move your pieces around the board uh, in different martial arts forms, I guess. <laughs> and that is Onitama. Um, you're basically, you got your big sage dude and then four little pawns, essentially, and you're moving them around. And you're kind of drafting that one card in the center of the table. Or, and that adds a depth of strategy to the game because you know everything that they have and you got to think about how it plays on their side. And you're just trying to either eliminate their big dude or get your big dude into their temple. And another quick game that I played more recently, I guess, with my mom, we played through the whole deck of cards and it was, it was oh, fun. Nice. So Yeah, I only played it the once and I didn't really know what was going on, so I want to try it again like and play it a few more times. Yeah, it's just... So. A- Good little filler. Yeah. I'll bring it the next time we have to (laughs) sit and wait for people. (laughs) I haven't tried it. Really? Yeah, no. You might like it. It looks uh, interesting. It's like better chess. Yeah, it's like chess that's good and short. Maybe that's my... uh, Good short chess. abstract that I'm looking for. Yeah, might be. You can pick it. Because you have like a card or two in front of you, and when you play it, it goes off the side, right? And then it... So you're kind of playing... There's one in the middle, and you have two cards. You don't have... Yeah, the cards are going to end up swapping between players. Yeah, that's what I'm... Yeah. Okay. And when you play one, you pick the one from the middle, and then yours is available to them. Okay. Next turn, okay. after they play. That's my number five, Onitama. Nice. My number four is a game where Aaron wants to eat the cards of the game. <laughs> uh, that is Sushi Go Party. Uh, two to eight players. Okay, you had that look like you forgot it. <laughs> you did. Just keep going. <laughs> Just keep going. (laughs) So, you can put monikers at number 12 for Tim. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Sushi Go Party, just a super light drafting game. You're basically collecting different things. All the cards have different stipulations on them and how they score. Play around, you score, you do that three times, and then whoever has the most points wins. It's always a lot of fun. I like looking at the cards. You know, you're figuring out your different meals that you want, and you play your cards out that is number four sushi go party i don't know if you guys have anything to say about it i will shortly yeah me too oh really okay my number four is also a game that you're pointing guns at people but these guns are <laughs> cards, <laughs> cards. <laughs> you pick up the card and point it at we usually do and we usually, usually cock the yeah just cock the card yeah, yeah. <laughs> being fools but uh it is good cop bad cop that's the thing with these games. These yeah, ones you just, can make... I mean, you can make any game fun, but these you can really right. make fun even if it's garbage. Right. Not saying that this game's garbage. No. Because it's good. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's just... It's always funny when uh, there's the different... Uh, what are they called? Basically the card, the equipment cards that you could play. So it's always funny to kind of see towards the end of the game because everyone's trying to, like, cycle through and try to get the right ones. So one of them is like plant evidence. So you basically treat your crooked and good cop cards in reverse. So all of a sudden you're on the other team and you're trying to do different stuff. And, you know, it's always always just kind of goofy, laughing, trying to make things work. So that's my number four, good cop, bad cop. 
My number four is a game that I would like to eat the cards, <laughs> as Ryan says. <laughs> and that is Sushi Go Party. Um, not much more to say about it. I, I like creating our gameplay experience based off of what su- uh, meal sounds best to me <laughs> that round. But other than that, like you said, good set collecting, drafting game. Uh, I like the different special cards that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, like even just the miso soup. If two people played it on the turn, no one scores it. Uh, things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. I like the how many cards? Because you have the uh, is it deluxe edition or well, it's just no sushi go sushi go party that's one sushi go is one that's okay meal yeah. or whatever yeah. So I like that because there's so many. Yeah, it doesn't get stale. It does, yeah, and there's so many different the variety combinations. Yeah, the, there's so many different combinations of cards, and you know that score track though is just yeah. junk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas like Sushi Go, just the standard, I wouldn't like. I I might pick that up because you already have Party. I could probably borrow it whenever. But if I want to just take Sushi Go on the go, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, I could just. You're going to fill stuff, up that party with Sushi Go. <laughs> stuff, it, stuff it in my back pocket and yeah. bring it along. It's just a deck of cards, you know? I don't know if I'd ever want to... I think I would just go with Sushi Go Party. Now because, that you've experienced yeah, I don't party, know if I'd want to go back yeah. to the... Because I, I've seen Sushi Go in stores before, and I was like, oh, I kind of want to get that, but it doesn't have everything, so I don't know if I... I'd feel like I'm missing it. Well, I would you know? bring it like... like if... Taryn and I and some another couple went for supper somewhere, yeah. right? Like a double date, whatever. You just bring that and you just go bust get it out some sushi. Table. You play that while you're waiting for your meal. Except the sushi bars are always so dim; <laughs> <laughs> they're so hard to see. But yeah, you could just play it right there on the table while you're waiting for your food. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean. Anyhow, yeah, that's my number four. My number three. So my top three Tonys here are a step above. The rest of them. Okay. These are kind of clump-dogged together. So my number three is a game where you're racing, bidding, and betting. We just oh, played oh it. okay, yeah. Uh, that is hmm. Tales and Games Blind, and the game is called Hare and Tortoise in that line. Hmm. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You're, well, you got the turtle, the rabbit, the big bad wolf, hmm. the fox, and the lamb. Yep. And you're basically racing around the track. You either play a total of eight cards or four of one of the animals, and they all move in various ways. At the start of the game, everyone gets dealt a different animal. That's one of their bets, and they also take the cards in their hand and bet on another animal. You get whatever animal gets first, second, or third gets a various amount of points. Whoever's the most wins. Just a lot of fun. Uh, usually we play this more than once, too. It rarely gets played Yeah. time. So yeah, it's, I'm always happy when this one comes out. It's a great end-of-the-night game where you don't want to think too much, but it's just a good game. I was good. really surprised at how much I enjoyed this game, too. Yeah, because, you know, when I first picked it up, it was like, well, you know, I, obviously I looked into it prior, mm-hmm. but when I first, you know, brought it to game day, it's kind of like, well, is that going to be, you know, too, too childish, yeah. you know, but... You know, once we started playing and you're, you know, you're figuring out those, how everyone moves and you're playing cards and you're trying to manipulate how people move and stuff like that, it's just, it's a lot of fun. 
Well, plus at the end of the night, let's be honest, we're a bunch of children. Well, exactly. <laughs> so. Typically are, but then we're tired children, so we're fussy. Right. Yeah. So we're throwing tantrums. And, yeah, that's yeah. a good little game. Yeah. My number three has been mentioned before. And it is a game where you're trying to smuggle stuff past the sheriff. And that is Sheriff of Nottingham. What number would this have been for you, Aaron? Probably two. Really? Um, so that's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We we talked about it before. It's just a lot of fun trying to, you know, lie right to your friends and family and trying to convince them that you're not trying to smuggle a crossbow into town. <laughs> it, is, it is fun to lie to your family when it's not about <laughs> important matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's my number three, Sheriff of Nottingham. My number three has one problem. And Play, that's playing with us. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it, sometimes it can just go too long um, just by bad luck. And that is King of Tokyo. But often it's fun. It's we're romping around, hitting each other, and just collecting points and buying those power cards that, you know, help out. But I 90% of the time I have fun with it. Sometimes, like I said, at the end it's just like, all right, we're just rolling dice. Here. Yeah, you stop can, healing. Just give up. Yeah, you can have that <laughs> odd game where there's two people left and they're not really doing a whole lot to get points or beating each other up, and then other people are kind of waiting around. Yeah, right. But yeah, but otherwise, it's uh, it's typically a fairly quick, fun game. Just a romp. You're beating on each other, and you're a bunch of monsters, and that's fun. Yeah, yeah, like just rolling the dice, punching each other in the face, and then you also getting some cards to do some cool powers, maybe scoring some victory points going that way. It's always a blast. Like you said, though, there's that every once in a while you get that game where it's just. I think that might have been one of the last games we played because I had. Yeah. I think I had a power up. Was it that basically when I took a damage, I could roll a die, and if I roll a heart, I negate the damage. It was something along those lines, and I kept getting lucky where I would get killed, and then I'd roll, oh, I'm still alive by one hit, and then on my turn I could heal up, and then I'd get hit again, and it would take me back down. Right. So you, need, it, you need someone to go for some victory points, yeah. basically. But that's but, just that's just a that rare game of probability. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it, again, it's a lighter you know style game, party filler game. So I've never really thought to myself, oh, this is taking too long. I mean, even... On the rare games where we're like, oh, it's kind of back and forth. It's kind of funny, you know, because mm-hmm. you're still watching, you know, trying to see if a miracle's going to happen, if someone's going to get knocked out, which it might not. But, you know, yeah. that's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah, my number two, we just talked about, King of Tokyo. Not much to add. I would never play it without the power-up expansion. Yeah. I'll say that. That gives you that little deck of cards where you can get that. Oh, your evolutions? Your evolutions, yep. I didn't know that was an expansion. Yep. So I feel like I might be jumping the gun on this one. Probably. I'm just wondering why it's not your number one. Because I like my number one. Like King of Tokyo slightly. I like my number one game slightly (laughs) better than this one. But that is bang the dice game. Yeah, you jump that gun. Yeah, that's it. That's my number one. That should be your number one. (laughs) That's also my number number one. I love playing it, but I. I also love playing my number one game. I've never had a bad game of Bang, though. It's true. King of Tokyo, I have. Mm. 
Maybe Tim hasn't I, ever had a bad game. I can't no, because I can't say I've had a bad game. But I, I've had few games of bang where it's like you just laugh. Yeah, <laughs> so much all the time. It's great. But I always laugh a lot of times in King of Tokyo too. Even if you're out and you're off in the other room waiting for 15 minutes. How often does that ever happen? It's happened though. I'm not saying. I mean, King of Tokyo is my number two. I'm just saying, <laughs> Bang the Dice Games is great. So, for instance, when it was me and the Wet Bandits. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they got. If that was me, that'd be fun. Like that's hilarious. No, that's I'm. I'm not saying it wasn't story. fun. Don't get me wrong, but I would equate that almost to the oh, I'm out of King of Tokyo to where yep, there's no chance I'm going to win this because now I'm the only outlaw, and I'm getting railed because of the two Wet Bandits. Just through the game, and I'm not. I'm just defending my own pick there. I, I'm not saying it, it's a bad play. So, or, you, so you didn't consider Sushi Go Party in this list? Because I think it would have made your list. It was close. Really? My honorable mention. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you said it was coming up. I was lying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Bane the Dice game, great. I yeah. specifically remember one game where. I think Brian, someone was the sheriff, maybe it was you, I don't remember, but then your brother Jack was the deputy, and I was the renegade, and he kept healing himself, and I kept healing you, so it looked like he was the renegade, and I was the deputy, so I, like, lived so long, and he kept looking at me like, what are you doing? he's just shaking his head at you. Yeah, like, just getting pissed at me, and I'm just laughing. That's one of my most memorable gaming moments is just <laughs> salting them up because I kept yeah. healing you. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a great, great game. Every time we play this, I just we play multiple games, have so much fun. I really like the old saloon expansion for this too. After you play it a couple times, you get used to it and you, you won't play without it then. Yeah. Oh yeah, the different dice that it adds. Yeah, different dice and the little and the... bitty powers and that Indian head chief arrow you know it yeah. just adds a little bit when you played that base game a lot mm-hmm. definitely deserves to be number one on a lot of lists made mine <laughs> just on mine <laughs> that's my number two bang the dice game all right so my number two ryan mentioned and it's a game that i like a lot more now that i know the deck and that is fantasy realms by WizKit. and uh yeah, just trying to come up with those combos based on the cards that are drawn and what other people are discarding is a lot of fun, and the scoring is fun. You know, even if you do really, really terribly, you're just like, oh my, look how awful I did. But it only took 10 minutes to get there. So, yeah, yeah. Fantasy Realms. My number two. My number one, Bane the Dice Game. Talked about it. And my number one has been talked about. That's King of Tokyo. Just slightly better than Bang for me. My number one, Bang. The dice game. <laughs> Two Not the card better game? than King of Tokyo for me. Bang the card game would have been like my number 50. Yeah, I've never bad. played it, but what did I do? Johnny kept trying guys? to like push it on us. Yeah. And he kept trying to sell it to us, and it was just like, nah, it's, dice game's 100 times yeah, better. Why would ever? Yeah. That's what I hear from everyone, though. Yeah. yeah. What's with that big bullet? I don't know. I think it's special, special edition bang the card game. It has the expansions in it. Yeah, it's the card game. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's a good try, Johnny. Yeah, not sure. that you're listening, but <laughs> <laughs> we're not buying into it. 
He finally gave up and on that though the card I'm game pushing it or listening pushing the card game okay he never started, never started listening, listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about you guys got any honorable mentions yeah uh, code names this is oh, kind of yeah. a little shocker but I it's I always just have fun playing it because when you're just trying to figure out the stuff there's always this goofy funny stuff that happens yeah so I, I would say the same would be code names and I remember <laughs> you and me were given yeah. clues and it just made me laugh because you you had a word wrong. You thought it was liposuction and it's lipo. Because <laughs> oh, okay. you're like, I don't know if liposuction <laughs> is one word. <laughs> I'm just like, it's liposuction. <laughs> but that, there's a, a ton of ways that game can be silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of mine. Another one was uh, Mafia de Cuba, which you, I think, wrongfully guessed earlier. So that would have, Monikers would have been your actual honorable mention. <clears throat> and Fantasy Realms in there. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to salt that wound. I didn't miss any games on my list. <laughs> he said with much disdain. <laughs> yeah. um, one that I would want to play and check out would be Captain Sonar. I would not want to play it with less than eight, though. I wouldn't want to run two stations. Mm. They too hectic. They do have a four-player yeah. game. I, I've never looked into it, but yeah. it's there. It's not real-time, I don't think. Okay. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, I don't know. Where the other ones real time in real-time when you're... I think the stress of that is what makes it fun and hectic. Okay. Of Captain Sonar. Uh, the two that I put down as a want-to-try... One of them's uh, Two Rooms in a Boom... I don't know if you guys are familiar with that at all. Yep. Uh, basically, you get dealt a secret roll. I'm not exactly sure how those rolls work, but uh, you get dealt out into a team, and then I'm not sure if it's randomly you get put into one room, two rooms, right? So you, you're trying to figure out who's on your team, and you're trying to figure out who has the bomb and who's... I don't know if it's like the president or something of the other team. And you're basically trying to get your bomb and the other team's like captain or president in the same room at the end of the game when they reveal the the cards. But it's like, what does it play? Like 20 people or something? tons of people. Yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just a ton of people. So there, I, you know, it would be like a big convention game is what it would be. And then the other one is Hail Hydra, which it's supposed to be kind of like... Uh, no Captain Sonar, huh? Well, you said it already. Well, I just thought you wanted to try it out. I yeah, I know I do. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. Fine. I Good. would as well. So the only, the like, the idea of two rooms and a boom sounds cool. Yeah. And I've looked into it, but the thing I've heard, like, a bunch of people say is every time they play every game, it's always just a 50-50 guess. Yeah, like, and it's I'm, not I'm sure it is. not any actual hmm. gameplay behind it. Yeah. Yeah. But if I had the opportunity, I'd try it out. I'd bypass. Well, I tried once and just yeah. I'm just curious. It's fine. Fine. I'm just saying. Good. All right. What's your second one? <laughs> Hail Hydra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be kind of like uh, the Resistance, but with the, you know, um, Tim's, Marvel Tim's theme. Yeah. The theme I don't care about. Yeah, the theme that doesn't do anything for us. But <laughs> Tim's chomping. Yeah, and that's why I've never gotten it because I, you know, no we have the Resistance ready. No one and else cares about. I don't it. know how different it is. To it, but so I don't know if this is considered party or filler. 
because I'm not sure like what the length is. Could but... fill your time up with a game. <clears throat> yeah, Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good one. That's a party. That, that looks pretty cool. I'd like to try that. You'd one. like it. Yep, we played it one. We played a few, two or three games at Origins the one year. Mm. First time we went. It's a lot of fun. I guess it's Mysterium, but a hundred thousand times better. It's not. <laughs> it's not a bad game. It's actually a good game. Okay. So. <laughs> hmm. That's a. That's a take back <laughs> to a way earlier episode. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's good. I liked it. Yeah, Deception, Murder in Hong Kong, and then I haven't played it yet, and I own it. It's on one of those shelf shames. It's Zoomscape okay. from TMG. Pick I wanna, it. I want to get that played. Pick right, it. I'll do it. Yeah, pick it, would you? Yeah, you'll you'd like Deception. Yeah, it's fun. I've always I've thought about picking that up too. I was like, oh, I had a lot of fun playing that, but just never picked it up. Yeah. But... And Captain Sonar looks cool. That's what I got. So I got. Okay. So if that wraps up our party filler games, I guess we can move on to any recent games played or any. News or fun facts you guys have before we get out of here? Recent acquisitions. Yeah. You got one? Yeah. I've got one. I'll wait to say it. Oh, I've got one too. <laughs> I'm in here. No, but I know he's going to be pumped about it. The one that I got? Or that you got? That I got. No. Oh. Well, I got my copy in Did the middle. Did you get him a copy of uh, Gaia Project or what? Did I? For him? Just you let, let him go first. <laughs> Anyhow, I I received my Kickstarter of the Ancient World, Ooh. second edition, where it adds the Titans kind of attack you back. Yeah, a couple uh. other changes too, and you know the beautiful coins, the metal coins, beautiful artwork, exactly. Of course, Ryan Lockett artwork. Yeah, yeah, and I think I'm one thousand six hundred ninety three out of forty five hundred. So this <laughs> says on the back of the box. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Is a Kickstarter. You vaguely remembered what the first game was like. Yes. So you I had, played it. had more of an idea of what it was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to try this out. I would like to see it compared to the first. Because I like the first edition a lot. So yeah. So I'm interested to see how this... And each player, you know, you can play normal or the player board has a flip side which gives you a special power. Oh, okay. So cool. a little bit of asymmetry in there as well, which is yeah, always very good. Cool. So... I wasn't super huge on the first edition, but I'm kind of interested to see what changes they've made. Yeah, it wasn't like a mammoth on it, but I enjoyed yeah, it yeah. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But um, the one game that I recently picked up that I think you'll be excited is Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. I am stoked. <laughs> yep, he can't wait to not show up for that game day once every two years. Are you picking that till, uh, Friday? No, uh, I won't. Unless he's going to play with three people. Mm. Uh, it might be sick. No, Michael's picking two, so you're safe. Oh, okay. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. But I would probably try it again. Yeah. The more we play... I mean, we haven't played it that much, but the more we like play it, the less I like Twilight oh. Imperium 2. I like it. Mm-hmm. And I think i'd like to ch- like the tech thing i know they really revamped and made it good so i'd like that in this yeah so from what i understand is how they changed it was when you you get basically your deck of tech cards and you can look through it on the side it has a certain amount of like red dots on it 
So basically, if you control planets with a dot, that counts as one of them. If you have a tech with two dots on it, that's the other one. So then you can build that third. So it's a lot easier instead of like trying to trace through, okay, I need the hyper cannon first or this warp drive. Yeah, that you was could, real annoying. You can just look, okay, I need three dots. Oh, here's one dot. Here's two more. Yeah. I can build it. The player boards look way better. <laughs> yep, they look cool because they they have pictures of all the ships. They have like their speed, mm-hmm. cost, or how much um, their movement. All the stats their, right on there. Yep, the all the stats right on there. Wasn't it just on like a little double sided card before? Yeah. Oh, something. But yeah, I saw the player boards just have all the ship stats right mm-hmm. on there. But then if you actually upgrade one of your ships, it just goes over the top of. Mm. So if you get a level two carrier, you can just put it over the top. So it's just they change the combat at all, or is it? The, I didn't get that far in the rulebook, so okay. I'm not sure. That's the one. Like I still like the game, and I'd still play it, and I think I'd like this a little bit more. Is the combat, and then it's like I'd rather play two heavy longer games that I really like. You know yeah. what I mean? In the time that we get this in, but. We don't play it that often anyway, so it's not like it. Right, it's not like I'm forcing it down your throat. No, exactly. Every pick day. Right. I don't hate it like Aaron does. Yeah. I don't. So. Not great. <laughs> I mean, worst case scenario, you could probably kill an intruder to your house with it, <laughs> with the box. Yeah. Right. Or just like home alone and sprinkle all the little pieces on <laughs> yeah. the ground and have oh. them step on them. Did you see the picture of the the War Sons? Like they, I mean, they're not that big, but they're. They look even more dangerous than the... Well, the other ones were worse because they would just sit there. Those are full circles, aren't they? They come apart, but when you put them together, they just look... The other ones would actually just sit and stand up. Yeah. These stand up, too, but it looks like if you stepped on it, it's probably going through your skin. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're pumped. Yeah. That's my latest acquisition. That's yours? That's mine, yeah. Made an acquisition yesterday. Got some... Card sleeves. Oh boy, <laughs> really? Also got the little mini expansion for Tracurian before the big expansion comes out later this year. Hmm. Was the bigger expansion, was that a Kickstarter or not? Okay. Yep. Fantasy Flight Gray Standard? I got, I think I needed <laughs> mini Euro sleeves and Euro sleeves. Oh, I think okay. I was good on the American sleeves. I needed Euro ones. So yeah, play Tracurian again. Love it. Aaron, I think you'll like it as long as you don't mind how long it takes. It's like how three long hours it about. Mm. First game maybe a little longer just with learning it and whatnot, but I would say three hours would be like your normal play after like Yeah, I mean I don't mind play. long games. The worker placement part is really cool because it's programmed. Basically you have a hand of cards and they show you all the locations. Like, each one has a different location that you can go to. So you have to plan, I want to go to the market, or I want to go to the theater, I want to go to the workshop. Different spots you have to go to, and each location is also limited. The first person to get there might get plus two action points. The last person to go there gets no bonus. So you are really planning who, when, where you need to go and in what order. Like, oh, is Aaron going to be going there? Well, then I'm going to go here for just different things like that. It's mm-hmm. A lot of pre-planning like that is really cool. The theme in the artwork, I really I love that. So, But a little mini expansion adds magician powers. I mainly got it for it basically beefs up the two-player game, makes it better. Mm. Okay. 
adds little things like that. So you're planning on playing it without us? I mean, I'm just being stupid. Yeah, yeah. I played it with my brother a couple times. I plan to keep doing that. Oh, but yeah. I'd like to play it with you guys. The audience well. knows him. Yep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you said my brother. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's what you okay. okay. I yeah. played it with our guest host last episode. <laughs> yeah, because you guys were it. talking about leaving here. Yeah. And playing it yeah. right after the episode. Yep. So after you played it, then you, you're you getting that high on it where you actually went out and purchased the expansion and all the sleeves? Yep. Okay. And, uh, well, the, the sleeves, I just needed sleeves. It wasn't like oh. specifically for the game. I would have backed. So I, I had this game like in the back of my mind for like two or three years. Just never got it. Just wasn't sure if I'd like it or not, you know? You but, just didn't bite on the Cult of the New? Yeah, I waited till Cult of the Old. Nice. And then got it, and like six months ago they had a Kickstarter for like the Collector's Edition and like an actual big box expansion. Okay. So obviously I wish I had played it before then, but... Would you have gotten the Collector's Edition? Probably not. I probably just would have got the... Okay. The uh, expansion, and like I think everything still would have fit in the base box because there still is some room in there. Because I know they're selling like a bigger box too, where you can fit all the stuff in. Mm. But the collector's edition box looks really nice and cool with the insert and stuff. But that is that. Maybe if you guys play it enough, we can review it sometime. Yeah, maybe. Definitely down to try it. I was gonna ask. Oh, I got the uh, Ascension app. Oh, you did. It's a board game app. I thankfully it was free because I did not like it at all. <laughs> that was really bad. It's really boring. I the game ascension in general. Maybe the the in physical form it's a lot better, but the Star Realms app I played a lot and I actually enjoyed. This app I just it was fine. The game was just boring to me. Like like I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah, I know I I did download the app a while ago and I played it a few times, but it, it didn't grab me either. Yeah, just, so I don't know if it may it, I don't know if it was the game or the app itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. yeah I just uh, huh. didn't have any. I like played it twice. Played against the hardest AI, won the second time, and I'm just like, this is boring. So I was gonna ask you, Aaron, are you a little hesitant of Kickstarter now after your big blunder and Call to Adventure? Does that make you scared off a little bit? Like a game that you are you don't really have a ton of info about. I think that I am more educated in my Kickstarter. Okay. I mean, we've all had games that we've gotten, you know, that... Yeah. If a game comes out... So if you see an announcement tomorrow that said, you know, the newest... someone's di- designing a game about... The Kingslayer series. <laughs> well, first of all, King Killer Chronicles. Okay. So, <laughs> but if you see that as a theme for a game, like even just a dungeon crawl, would you insta back it? Why well, you gotta be like that? <laughs> because that's what I'm happened curious. with Call to Adventure. Like I've I've gotten burned on some Kickstarter, so it's made me like way more you know. Well, first off, I'm not really big on dungeon crawlers. Well, adventure game, whatever you want it to be, a political intrigue game, you know, <laughs> whatever you imagine the that game would actually be pretty cool. Being, would you insta back or would you look into it? 
Well, I did look into it first. <laughs> I looked into Call of Duty. Would you Adventure. have somebody else look into it for your best interest? Because <laughs> you, you looking into it apparently didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't work out that time, no. You need to reassess yourself. Um, Someone who has your best... I'm thinking that maybe I learned who my friends are. No. <laughs> I could have told you that all along. Maybe if, you know, Tim had looked into this before, he just went... <laughs> Gotta get out of here. Check this out. Maybe I did, but... So... But here's you the wanted thing. me to learn. Yeah, it was teaching you a lesson. It was a teaching moment. No, but you know, even looking back, if I if I look at Call to Adventure, okay, it's gonna have the Office expansion. Mm-hmm. It's lighter. It's up Aaron's it's, alley with yeah. how it's a lighter game. So you can't like yeah, you he, can't he throw that at me and those. say do because even if I look now, I would still say yes, that game. It needed to is be ripe. It needed to be abstract. <laughs> it should That's been. what it needed. It needed the abstract expansion. <laughs> they just well, wiped the art off of the cards. Well, you know, you there already is a game out there that's abstract. That's from the second book and designed in part with Rothfuss. Oh, but it's no called can Tech. Buy it, right? It's called Tech. T A K. You, have you can buy it. That's a game they actually played in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't buy it because it's usually out online where it's like $35. <laughs> and then at Barnes & Noble, it's like 60 Okay. That's not that much. Get it online. But it's just an abstract game. It's For just, 35 bucks. It's, it's $35 only. What is online if you can find it? Find it and order it. <laughs> From Barnes and Noble, because that's the only from, place I can from find online. it. Online. <laughs> to answer your question, no, maybe I wouldn't just jump into it. <laughs> maybe what you could do is you could sell Call to Adventure <laughs> and then go buy tax. Yeah, you could buy two tax. Yeah. yeah, I guess if I upcharged. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope it's out of print. If I right went the wingspan, yeah. Yeah. went the wingspan route. No, I think Call to Adventure is only like. $35, but you don't get it the mat or yeah. anything like yeah, that. Yeah, so you get upcharge for that stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't get the bag either. <laughs> yeah, that all-important <laughs> bag. Anyways, yes, I, would, I am more educated now, and I would look into things more. I do find myself looking at Kickstarter like a lot less than I used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually if some game comes up on the BGG banner... I'll be like, oh, that, the picture looks cool. I'll go look at it. Yeah. I don't think I mentioned it last recording, but I had it. Because I I reached out to Leader Games because my root board was all warped up. And, yeah, they pretty much uh, contacted me back right away. They're like, oh, here's a few things you could try to do to fix the board. If it doesn't Did work... Did just instantly send you one? So they asked me basically, you know... Hey, here's a few things. Yep. And literally in the bottom, if that it doesn't, doesn't work, if it doesn't us work send us your address. We'll send you a new board. And probably within a couple of weeks, they sent me a brand new board. And so that's good customer service on their part. Yep. You sh- most companies all that yeah. I've dealt with, I've always had great customer service. Hey, so recently, Board Game Geek had their annual 
Golden Geek Award. So if you guys want, we can go over a few highlights of it. Let's mm-hmm. do it. See what you guys think. Uh, so board game of the year. Do you want the runners-up or just the winner? No, give us all of it. Okay, so for the board game of the year, I'm just going to start at the top and work my way down. The two runners-up were Architects of the West Kingdom and Brass Birmingham, and the winner was Root. Oof. You've only played it once. Calm down. I didn't like it. <laughs> I think Teotihuacan should have won of the games that I've played. Hmm. Yeah, every play that one's been getting better. That is solid. I do really dig on architects, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised it was a runner up, but I guess it did, did it was really popular and it did very well. It's, and it's accessible too. So that's Yeah. You know, it's got that like terraforming Mars type thing where it's once you played a couple games, as a per- just in general, you can pick this up. Uh, so the two-player games, the runner-ups were War Chest and Dulasaur Island. I'm actually kind of surprised you never looked into War Chest. Or heard of it. It's like an abstract two-player. War is in the name. That's probably true. That does look interesting. Yeah. I never looked into it too deep, but I just know about it. But the winner was Keyforge. I don't think there's really many <laughs> two-player games out yeah. there. Because I have no interest in Keyforge at all. I thought Dulasaur was okay, but like for two-player game of the year, it didn't seem like that at all to me. Yeah, I like Dulasaur right. Island. It was fine, but it was just kind of like, man, whatever. It is what it is. I liked it, it better than Dulasaur. For really? me, it was just okay. I mean, I'd play it. You know, I'd have a problem with it, but yeah. game of the year type, no. No. I liked it better than... Keyforge. You're not big at cold on Keyforge, huh? I We played it once, and we haven't okay. played it since we got it. And then so you bought it. And then I haven't played it since. There it's at. I'll, <laughs> Angela bought it. Oh, okay. Well, they're all your games. They are. Your money is shared. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. That's why I said it sarcastically. So the artwork and presentation, the runner-ups were... Everdale in Brass Birmingham. Everdale? Everdale, yeah. Everdale? I would have gone with one of those two over the actual winner. The winner was Root? I didn't... I wasn't... When I saw Root, like, on pictures of it, and when it first came out, I thought it looked cool, but then, like, actually seeing it in person... Now, yeah, I know the board is warped, but I'm just talking about the artwork itself did not impress me nearly as what I thought. It's not awful. No, it's not bad. I'm just saying... For what it is, it's all right. But I it just didn't look nearly as good as what I had imagined, <clears throat> for whatever reason. And I love that brass Birmingham look. Yeah. And then Everdell looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah, that's like annoying. that. That's like that forest land one that looks really cool. It's got the tree. It and... looks like a cool game. I want to mm-hmm. try that out. The only annoying thing would be the guy who has to sit behind that thing. <laughs> right. But, you tr- but yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I would have picked, for me, I would have picked either of those two over Root. I, I like the Root but artwork. It's okay, but it's, I was just disappointed by it in person, where I, I thought it looked better in online. Okay. I really like the board art of Architects of the West Kingdom. You know, put the classic Shem Phillips uh the Miko. The Miko people aside, and just the board even looks really cool. Mm. But that could have been. Okay. So, card game 
of the year. The runner-ups were Thunderstone Quest and Keyforge. And the winner was The Mind. That was for what? The card Card game, game? yeah. I'd like to try The Mind, but... Yeah, Yeah, I'd like to try Thunderstone Quest because that might make Thunderstone advance into what I wanted Thunderstone. I've heard good things about. Yeah, but I I didn't play a whole lot of just straight card games to have any bearing on that. No. No. The play Call to Adventure. <laughs> That'll be next year's winner. It might be. 2019. It could be on the art. Could be. I'd on. give them for that. Maybe. The Cooperative Game of the Year. Yeah, this is a crime. Chronicles of Crime. The or of crime. Detective. Uh, a modern crime board game. Those are the runner-ups. Those are the runner-ups. Yeah. The winner was. It just took forever to say them. The winner was the mind. Yeah. Both those other two seem like they could be awesome. I don't know if they are, but Chronicles yeah. of Crime looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the app-driven. You know, yeah. you're scanning the different people. Yeah. The mind. Uh, no. Nope. I mean, I know it's going to win party game. That's where it should win. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't know. Yeah, pandemic fall of Rome didn't that come out in eighteen? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, so the expansion of the year, the runners up were Terraforming Mars: The Prelude, and Root: The River Folk expansion, and the winner was Scythe: The Rise of Fenris. Fenris. Yeah. Um, I I enjoyed. I would add Rails to the North to the list. I don't know what one I'd have win. I really liked Prelude. Yeah. It's a yeah, tiny, that. tiny expansion, but it's the only expansion that I have seen for Terraforming Mars that I even cared about. Like I don't, all the other ones didn't seem interesting to me. I don't know. Which you, you played with some of them? I played you with think? most of them. Yeah, um, they were fine. I found myself wanting the original board and the original achievements and what have you uh, awards. I remember you said the Venus thing you didn't really like, or Venus Next. Yeah, that was just like. That felt really tacked on. Okay. I don't know. It was one more parameter, but it was a parameter that didn't matter. Like, it mattered yeah. for a few cards, but in the overall scheme, you didn't have to finish that parameter, you know? Okay. And it didn't end prematurely if you did finish that one first. Was it those two in Prelude, or was there another... And we played with um, the board, the... Uh, Hellas. Hellas. I, can't, I think it was Elysium. Okay. Um, and it just changed the board state. Like, yeah, like that. The, that'd be fine. I'd mm-hmm. like that. And it, but then it added those different awards, which they were. It was nice to go for something else. But yeah. halfway through, I was like, man, I already have eight wish, building. I wish I had the other cards, and I would have scored that and milestones. Yeah, yeah. But Prelude is awesome. Yeah, that, I like that a lot. I just like how it gets your engine going. Yep, it makes right the game. The yeah, it makes the game a lot better. And it was already a great game. The family games. The runner-ups were Welcome To and The Mind. The winner was The Quacks of Quedlinburg. I do want to try that one. It seems like it's just a push-your-luck you know, yeah. type fun little game. That one and Welcome To I'd like to try because I've never Welcome done Welcome To is a, a roll, roll right? Yeah. yeah. I'd like to try it. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't like rolling rights. I know I would. It would be a, probably a good filler thing, but mm-hmm. there's just, just so many. You got your, your pick of the litter. I know. Really? I'll wait a year and I'll have double that. (laughs) Uh, The innovation game, or innovative game, uh, 
Oh, the most innovative yeah, game of the, the year. Innovative? So the runner-up was Keyforge and Chronicles of Crime. The winner was Root. For innovation? I guess. They did make it really... Asymmetrical, I guess. Like, super... I guess is what they're ever. playing off of. Yeah. I would see Detective or Chronicles of Crime being more... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That type of thing. I think it was just the year where Popular. people were... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what these are, is a popularity yeah. contest. And obviously a lot of people played Root in the Mind and Keyforge this year. Yeah, um, Keyforge, innovative. Yeah, yeah. It, the way it comes out is delivered because each deck is completely... That's that's how that oh, is. Okay. So that is... Well, I just always compare it to Magic because it's a yeah. limited amount of decks you could be made. Yeah. Though no. only a few the distrib- are... The distribution of the... Is it yeah. Yeah. Uh... The party games, runner-ups were Decrypto, and just cool. and mm-hmm. just one. Just one so, looked alright. Just what's that uh, one? I don't know. I can't remember now, but I remember seeing Z and Tom talking about it. I can't remember. It looked okay. interesting though. Decrypto looked really. Yeah, it looks cool. interesting. It's got like that classic red screen yeah. kind yep. of thing. Yeah, and the winner was the Mind. There's a shock. That's yeah, it should win that. Mm-hmm. So the strategy, the runner-ups were Root and Teotihuacan. Solid runner-up. The winner was Brass Birmingham. Mm. Probably a solid winner. Yeah, I mean, I probably know ninety percent of the game or eighty percent of it with yeah. Lancashire. The Wait th- for Aaron to pick that one up yet. It's good <laughs> enough for him to get. <laughs> the thematic game, the runner-ups were Rising Sun and Western Legends. What's the category? Sorry. Thematic. Okay. The winner was Root. Did you feel it? Uh, not really. You guys? Not really. No. I guess the two I've played, I played Rising Sun and Western Legend. I felt the theme more in Western Legend yeah. a lot yeah. more yeah. than Rising Sun. So the war games, the runner-ups were Cataclysm, A Second World War, and 1066, Tears of Many Mothers. The winner was... Hannibal and Hamilcar. Yeah, I have the original Hannibal Rome versus Carthage. Oh, that's the second edition. Okay. Yep. This adds the Hamilcar is like an expansion. It, they might have added more stuff to it or whatever. But yeah, I liked it. It's like uh, Washington's War yeah. and Twilight Struggle in a way, but it's more of a map war game. Yeah, and the the combat was different. Yeah, with the, the cards. Card play. Yeah. No comment. <laughs> uh, the best podcast the runners up were Heavy Cardboard and Blue Peg Pink Peg the winner was Ludology I've never listened to them I like Heavy Cardboard Yeah. so something to take into consideration is like the Secret Cabal they won last year you can't win again yeah. after you win once so yep. Hmm. So they would have been my vote uh, and then the last category is best board game app so the, I'm gonna. I mean, not that I get many apps, but I'll talk about <coughs> so the best apps whenever I. So the best board game apps. The runner up, the runner ups, were Scythe, Digital Edition, and Onitama, the board game. That'd be a super simple one to get on. Yeah, I know it'd probably be nice on the app because there's tons of shuffling that you do during that game, isn't there? I think. Oh, I was think I'm thinking of uh, the one Michael has. 
Or Nyrim. Yeah. Oh, that. okay. Okay, sorry. And the winner was Gans Shemen. Oh. Clever. I was doing pretty good until I hit that, and then I was like... You could just say, that's so clever, that's like... Yeah, that's the English. Okay. Oh, so man, the... that was awful. <laughs> okay. That was great. <laughs> I was feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> you got the last word right. <laughs> the other two. Were. I got the one in English. At first, I'm like, "What is he talking about?" Then when he said "clever," I'm like, "Oh, that's what he's trying to say." Because I'm looking at him like through the whole list. I knew right away. I just thought he knew it. <laughs> I heard guns, and I'm like, "Oh." Gans. <laughs> really butchered that. Gans Shans. <laughs> like a Gans Shans. The, the thing is, are you surprised? Well, no. It's, no. Because, it, I mean, the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, what? It it took me... I, I had everything right <laughs> up until that. That was the one that tripped me up. It, uh, whatever. Yeah, I, I only I've know it because I've heard it said. Yeah. If I hadn't I've heard it. It's a roll and write, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. That's like, that's probably the most popular one and then Welcome to... Like yeah. those two. And then Railroad Inc. Yeah. Yeah, that's another that's one. That's up there, too. All right, dual winners. If you want to get in touch with us or ask us something, you can email us at dualwingames at gmail.com. Also, if you are on Board Game Geek, join our guild. That is boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. Also, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games. Hit me with it, Tim. Episode 11 on Table Talk, we go over all things expansions. We review Teotihuacan and Concordia, and we go over our top 10 expansions. Episode subject to change. <laughs> <laughs>